Where is Arf? He's gone again. No, he's right no I'm still here. Oh. Oh, Wait, there he is. Who the hell's oh, he's just shown up for me. Nope. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> right, what's what's up, what's up with, uh, with the, the Hunter Master Ace? What up? We have two hunters. Neither of them have a microphone this week. I love it. Or bandwidth. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm just dipping in quickly. I've got to sort the lunch out for the kids and the wife, and then I'll be back for a little. Yes, but I still don't have a mic, so that leaves me ass out. Thank you, Robot Hunter. Really, really, I mean, this is this is the level of huntering we've come to expect. It, it's much like living out in the rural environments of the world, being a hunter. I you thought we were going to be doing this later, not at 8 o'clock in the morning, all right? This is not my fault. I'm supposed to be home by now, damn it. I'm saying you have to call in as a hunter from wherever you happen to be at the time, and that's not always you know near a, near a fat broadband connection or a high-quality microphone. That's the hunter lifestyle. Just embrace it. Hey, yo. At least you went out last week. As long as we're traveling and killing, that's all you need to worry about, right? As long as we're doing our jobs. Exactly. See, I'm, I'm trying to give you credit, and it's just you're, it's just not working out. No, I, I got you. I'm, I'm picking up what you're putting down. You're trying to give the hunters, you know, a compliment, and this is where, this is where it gets you. I mean, because whenever a titan gives a hunter a compliment, it's usually before a shoulder charge, but it has to be wearing. That is true. That, that, that is how we usually sneak up to you. Hey, that's a nice cloak you got there. Whoa, done. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. you, you, you think you would think, uh, you know, after three or four shoulder charges, we'd learn our lesson, but nope. Mm -mm. Slow, slow learners. Hands-free kits are great. Go away! Not only for podcasting. <laughs> I do appreciate. As respawn has proven many times over. <laughs> I appreciate the dedication of the hunters to just show up with whatever mm -hmm. they've got available to them. But that's the yeah, that's right. Hey, if I bet if Frank Cacus was in an airport, he wouldn't do a podcast. Yeah, stupid professionals. Bah. I spit in the face of professionalism. I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah, that'll get you locked up these days. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want you getting stopped by the police again. Yes. Go make lunch so you can come back for lore. You mm, fill in the blank with a <laughs> nasty word that you guys use to call each other. Uh, numpty. Let's go with numpty. Let's no. go with numpty. I like numpty. Numpty sounds like a fun word. Don't know what it means, but get out of here, Numpty. <laughs> Welcome to Two Titans and a Hunter, a Destiny 2 podcast. A show where we discuss tips, tricks and tools to help all Guardians succeed and enjoy playing more. What makes us different? Well, we're not streamers or YouTubers. We just have a passion for Destiny and are dedicated to keeping Guardians informed and up to date with all the latest Destiny 2 news, information and opinions. We encourage your questions and feedback, and you can contact us either by email, two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com, or on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter. Now, on with the show. Welcome to the show, everybody. This week, your titans are Parody and Night Demon. Your hunter is missing in action, and your lore hunter, not off, is going to be here later. Hopefully, later, cross fingers, to give us some lore. Well, Fuzzco just popped in about 10 minutes ago and said that he had respawned for the next 20 or so minutes finishing a raid. They're doing Prestige Leviathan. So I thought maybe we take that time to talk about the new exotics that were 
announced. So Mr. I don't want spoilers doesn't get them spoiled, assuming he hasn't watched it already. Well, no, he's had to watch it because somebody put it in the chat the other day and he was like, why? What's going on? What's going on? And I think it was AZ and he's like, there's a new trailer, there's new stuff. I was like, don't tell him things like that. He gets upset. He's like, no, now I'm going to have to go and watch it. So I think he's watched it. So we could probably get mm. his hot takes a bit later on. Uh, we'll see. Short and sweet, to the point, probably. Or not. Maybe there'll be a story alongside it. Yeah. Now, I, I do need to make a retraction. I think last week I've been getting myself carried away over the last 90-odd episodes. The fact that I am the British guy. But then listening back to last week's episode, I realized that not half is also British. So I am now not the British guy. I think this, this, you're going to have to come up with something else. Apart from Nintendo Man or the British guy, we're going to have to come up with something else for me because it doesn't make any sense now. Because there's two British guys and two Americans. But you are still the British guy and also the original British dad. Oh. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> problem solved we're done although we have another correction that that we need to make because i have been i have been you know in the very brief time i was online this week i have been told by people on two different coasts from two different continents who's greg <laughs> I know. that was I, I i was complicit in my not correcting you of your gregness so okay. i thought for sure night team was going to correct him because i don't know greg is the ogre chat no, I, I chat just is the name of the it. night yeah, Chad is the name of the knight who lives in the haunted forest. Greg is the name of the ogre. And yeah, I, I yeah, Blue Screen and and Andy were both like, "Who's Greg?" You guys were talking about Greg. I don't know who Greg. There's no Greg in the forest. There may be a Greg in the forest, but you can kill him. Chad's the one you can't kill. Who haunts I your dreams? You did say that it was Chad the previous week. In here, he's he's definitely Chad. He's always been Chad. Now I'm pretty, I'm fairly certain we saw that from somebody else, but he's definitely always been Chad. Greg yeah. is the ogre, Chad is the knight. He stands over you and just laughs at your pitiful attempts to revive your teammate who doesn't understand you have to run quickly when Chad is there. And then you just have to leave him behind because that's all you can do. But I caught that and then was thinking, oh, at some point we'll come back and and revise this. But no, we never did. So, you know, the people have spoken. When I, when I was editing it, I think, I'm sure it's not that. I'm really sure it's not that. We'll be picked up on it. I'm sure I, I couldn't remember for the life of me what his name was. And I think when I was in the haunted forest, I didn't see him and it was running through my head. I haven't seen Chad. And it wasn't until I kind of twigged later on. <laughs> I was like, I'm sure he said it was Greg. And then when Andy said, yeah, I was like, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. No, very, yeah, very much not Greg. Oh, so you're eating this week. So I'm glad that someone is eating this week because I have to take up the mantle because I've only just got up. After yeah. doing my my night shift, yeah. I mean, it, I mean, if somebody isn't eating in the show somewhere, we I I just don't know what what we're doing here. Why even bother? All right, I have the next mm -hmm. week of Destiny. I now need my little cheat sheet of what are all of these things. Okay, so next week in Destiny, Nakris has returned. Defeat him to learn more from the pyramid ships and claim your seasonal title. I'm assuming Nakris has returned in the Nightfall. Because it just says Nakris has returned. He's just going to show up, be chilling in the tower, hanging out with the Drifter. I don't know. Speaking of the Drifter, your infamy will be tripled again in Gambit all week long. So if you love being a Dredgen, if you love the Drifter's beautiful, sil silky smooth voice, go hang out with him and earn triple infamy all week long. And, my friends, the Festival of the Lost continues. Enter the Haunted Forest to earn rewards. And, um, 
there's going to be a flashpoint. There will probably be some crucible matches. We don't know what they are. Bungie won't tell us. So I won't tell you what the crucible match of the next week is because uh don't know yet. It's Gambit. Oh, week long. Mm-hmm. Gambit is crucible and crucible is Gambit. All right. All right. All right. So there we go. Yeah, that's a bit confusing because I'm sure not Chris was the strike that came up a couple of weeks ago because it was the strike after the one that everybody was farming. Yeah, well, we'll see. You know, we, we've all known the random number generators at Bungie are just flat out broken. They just put out sixes over and over again and then move on to sevens for a while. It's just, you know, they're, they're numbers. They're, they're tricky things. We can't. No one really understands how they work. It's sort of like the Telesto. It, it gets into the system and it all goes haywire. Although Crucible is going to be fun next week for everybody who uh, who goes and sees Zer, because as Lewis reviews on Reddit posts eleven hours ago, One Eye Mask for Titans, Wormhusk Crown for Hunters, Felwinter's Helm for Warlock, which is honestly not good compared to the rest of it this week, but the Wardcliffe Coil for the weapon. God help us all. <laughs> so Zer apparently wants everyone to go play Crucible next week. And just be filthy, filthy little boys and girls. I think it's definitely in the architecture for Bungie this week, because I did a Spiral Stars Prestige this week. And I I was going for the Catalyst, and I was also going for the Triumph, because it was the last one on the list. Saw a group post saying they needed one. I was thinking, I can do this. I've got like an hour. And we did it within the hour. No, we did it within the hour. It was really good. Nice. And the the gift that I got at the end from the last chest was a Wardcliffe coil. So I'm sure it's definitely baked into the DNA. You know, when originally when Destiny started, every week people would kind of get the exotic and then Zer would sell it on the Friday. It'd be like, oh, absolutely. Why have I bothered to do this thing when he's now selling it? Oh, that's, that's how I could tell you what exotic was coming up because it would be the one I hadn't gotten for months and months and months. And all of a sudden I would get like two of them in a week. Yeah. That'll be the week Zer sells it. It's like, don't worry. We don't want you to have to buy this. We won't give it to you before that. But, you know, it, we'll just put it into the pool for you to enjoy before Zer shows up so you can be doubly mad. It's like it's like when you get to your birthday and you've saved up all your, your birthday money and you're, you're about to go to the shop to buy that one thing that you saved up for and your grandparents come around and go, here you are, we've got you this. And it's exactly that. And you're like, but I was saving my money. I was saving my money for that. I wanted to go and buy it. I wanted the glory. No glory, no prestige. And then you have all this cash just laying there, and then you go and just spend it on silver. Mm-hmm. You go buy something else because you're like, this is this is earmarked. This money is this money is tainted. It was supposed to be gone. It can't just be here now. It's cursed money. You have to spend yeah. that money. That that's how it works. It, it burns a hole in your pocket, and you think, uh, absolutely, I've I don't know what to buy that way. Yeah. And speaking of silver. Xbox Game Pass members get a discount on silver from the store. It's 10%, so that's good. If you have Game Pass, you get a discount on your silver purchases. So go and buy more silver. I know you found that out by accident because I I was clicking on all the different things available for the Festival of the Lost. Accidentally clicked on the silver thing and it came up with the the screen, purchase this, and it was like, oh, discount. I was like, oh. I like discounts. I like discount. Mm. So have have you been playing the Haunted Forest this week? I've been playing a little bit of the Haunted Forest this week. I've gotten on, I think, one evening uh, with our friend Blue Screen, and then we ran into Andy and G-Dad both. So I played three or four rounds of the Haunted Forest, but nothing 
nothing crazy. I, 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 the first run I did, I was in with two blueberries, and we got to, I think, the eighth or ninth branch of the forest. So I got my, you know, triumph for doing the first seven, and I think opened one of the chests, two of the chests at the end. And yeah. I mean, it's it's the haunted forest. It's a good time. I enjoy it. It's yeah. something I'm trying to trying to you know not run a thousand of the first day because it gets a little little you know old after a while, but still enjoyable. Well, I think that's the thing. It's meant to be an event for X amount of weeks, and you're just meant to kind of do it as and when you collect the other parts of it, like the ciphers. Now, this is a big bone of content, wasn't it, in the community at the beginning of the week? And I think, touch wood, it's only just been sorted Friday evening by Bungie after various different looking at and patching these, um, I don't know what they're, they are, they're um, thingy cipher. What are they, ciphers? Uh, oh yeah, the cipher decoders. That's right. Yeah, I've I, 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 throughout the course of the week, I both I saw the video about it, I saw the Paul Tassi article about it, and I saw the "Hey guys, never mind, Bungie has buffed them," which either, in Paul's words, either makes his whole Spire Stars method pointless or doubly rewarding, one or the other. And then Bungie later clarified and said, "No, no, we fix that. You can no longer farm Spire Stars by this ridiculous, you know." It, it, it was a method involving going to Spire of Stars after you beat the boss, before the loot drops, like going to orbit at a certain point, just like coming back in, I guess, like in that in that moment and just, just farming the chest over and over again. I didn't look at it that hard because, again, by the time I saw it, it was no longer a thing. Yeah, I watched the show people, video. Yeah, people are very uh, ingenious about finding ways to absolutely max out the number because I think... You could you could get up to I think twenty ciphers an hour I think in you know the best case scenario for this, which I think it said you could you know basically finish the entire event in three or four hours if you just sat there and did this over and over and over again. I go or you could just play the month long event, but you know p- people are going to do what they're going to do. Well, that was the thing, isn't it? I, that's what I found that it was mainly the content creators and the people that wanted to rush the event that were the ones that were moaning. I've just been in playing the games that I've been trying to do. Like I've been trying to do my Reckoner title. I was doing a bit of the Haunted Forest. I was going for a couple of the emblems that are missing. Like I said, the raid as well. I've I've done little bits throughout the week and I've got like four ciphers to drop. And I thought I'm not really bothered because I've got another two, three weeks of this game mode still to play to unlock the ghost, the sparrow, the ship anything else that I actually can earn in game rather than buying with silver. Right. Like like the event's a month long. You don't have to finish it in two days and be like, Oh, I'm done now. Oh, I'm bored now. Oh, what else is there to do? Cause you're raced. You've, you've opened all your presents at one time and now you have no more presents to open. And now you're sad that you're out of presents. Isn't that like the worst feeling too? Like when you open everything and you just like, now what? Sort Sort of like finishing a prestige Leviathan raid and, I'm here. No, no, but, the did, respawn. but did you nice get in out of it? No. As usual. What, why do you sound like you're miles away from your microphone again? Because I, I was supposed to be home yesterday, right? So I'm ill-equipped for the podcast this morning. I don't have my mic, so I'm using my headset. So are you in an airport? Are you in a car? I'm in a hotel. Are you near? Are you far? Ooh, a hotel far. where? Which, which state is respawning this week? It's still Florida. I'm just uh, in oh. Miami. It's just like guessing the flashpoint. We never know where he is. Yeah. Right. We should turn that into a game in and of itself. Hi, Fuzzco. 
Did you get what you were looking for out of the raid? I did. I did not. I don't ever do this damn... Thanks, thanks for letting us borrow respawn. That's all right. Did you want him for a bit longer? I'm sure he could run another raid of six with you. <laughs> Eventually, he'll get the drops he's looking for. No, he won't. No. We're Not getting uh, we're mean, getting packed llama his Acreus. Nice. You boys have a fun podcast. Make sure, you, uh, make sure you cover those awesome raid armor slots. Oh, Perry just put that down this week. All right, later, boys. Later, have fun. Yeah, I, I I read over that section two or three times going, all right, let's see if I can understand this, as I have none of these and don't have any skin in this game, but we're going to try to explain them to the people. <laughs> yeah, so as Perry um, was alluding to at the beginning of this week, there was a cheese to get your cipher decoders via finishing off the Spire of Stars end boss, and then just before he was dying at a certain point, you could leave, keep the checkpoint, and then as long as you had a friend you could alternate loading in with that friend. And every time you loaded in, you got X amount of chance to get one of these cipher decoders to drop. And people were doing this over and over again to get their, what is it, 45 decoders to open the chests at the end of the Haunted Forest and then just kind of be done with the Festival of the Lost, which I don't see any point in doing. If the event is around for the four weeks or three weeks or whatever it is, just... Do what you're normally doing in Destiny. Log on, play a few here and there. Eventually, Bungie will would have, you know, patched these cipher decoders so that they were able to drop just more frequently because they would have seen just in general gameplay that people were going, well, we're not getting them as much as you, you said we were going to get them. So now, hopefully, as I said, touch wood, they've been patched. And um, they just want to make you aware, because they, they did tweet out last night, that they further adjusted the drop rates for Cypher Decoders so that two drop per activity completion when applicable. We'll continue to monitor the feedback over the weekend. Please note that Cypher Decoders do not drop from the following. Enemy kills, gambit, forges, and non-playlist strikes. So you're going to give us triple infamy next week, but then playing gambit doesn't get the ciphers. Got it. Maybe, maybe Gambit Prime gives you them. Maybe. But that would involve a point of clarification, which we do not believe in. Yes. I'm, I'm guessing, no. I'm guessing Gambit as all of the above. Anything under that green icon that says no. Mm -mm. The Drifter has no ciphers. He will not give them to you. Yeah. Oh, and if you wanted to kind of do the Spyro Stars raid, they have now patched that. So, I don't know if you said that, did you, Parody? Uh, I did, but thank you okay. for clarifying, though. Because, yeah, I don't want people to go in and go, we're farming this over and over again. I think Budgie did say, like, in one of their tweets or some, I, I can't remember where I saw it this week, saying, no, no, we've patched this. It's no longer going to work. Go actually yeah. play the activity. You've got three more weeks. What I found quite interesting, though, Cheese pointed out in his video that he made, literally the day that it was happening, I think he was one of the first to actually do it, that this had been an exploit that people were aware of for the last two years, that you could go in and do this and it would give mm. you drops or give you something. Obviously, there was some kind of farm there that was able to be done. But Bungie were aware of this. Until it became an exploit to get the ciphers, they mm. were like, oh, no, 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 now we'll patch that. And uh, again, I think Asacross was moaning in one of his videos to say, Bungie, there are a lot more other things that you could fix or you could do, yet you decide you're going to focus on that. Look, just leave that in the game 
patch the cipher decoders and then do something else D does it matter because people won't do the cheese if the cipher decoders are available more frequently which makes sense it does right. make sense but how long have we been singing that song all the time bungie fixes ways that we exploit the game and leaves their bugs alone sorry leaves they, they fix the bugs that we use to exploit the game for our benefit but leave the ones to our detriment alone we've been singing that song for ever mm-hmm I mean, it's like the, the the squeaky wheel gets the grease. The thing that's in the event, and that Cheese Forever, you know, makes a video about. Then Paul Tassie covers is going to get out into the wide world and the wider audience. And I think, and again, if they've known about this forever, they've been sitting. You know, they likely have been sitting on that fix, going, "We could just push this at some point." But you know, we'll push it at some point when it matters and people seem to care more about it. Like the bug where uh, your get off your uh, sparrow button doesn't function when your ghost is out meaning mm -hmm. you can't get off a sparrow and you know in inspect a ghost since update 2.9.0 122 days ago that coral monkey has been talking about on reddit that's gotten like a thousand upvotes and he goes and you know this whole thing is broken remains being broken he's like it would be nice just to have an acknowledgement from bungie that this is still broken so you know yeah. little, little things in the game just out there lurking just never Never getting fixed, never getting loved, and yeah, it's even he acknowledges in in the Reddit post. You know, it's you know this is not a huge game breaking thing. It's not the end of the world, but it's annoying and it's been out there. It would at least just be nice to have an acknowledgement of it. So, Bungie, since we all know you listen, you know, deeply to our show every week, you should acknowledge the poor man and let people know who are trying to scan things from their ghosts. It's not going to work. So, speaking of Fest of the Lost. As I said, I've been playing a little bit of this week, and there are a few things that I've come across in the wild um, and through my own experience that I just wanted to kind of make sure that people were aware of. And unfortunately, because we're just a weekly podcast, we can't get this information out there, you know, as it happens, unfortunately. But I just thought there'd be a few things that I'd make you aware of. So, yes, Eva will give you a mask for 750 power that you have to, well, you don't have to. You can infuse it up to whatever your light level is, but it will cost you 500 candy to infuse. The roll that you get is fixed, and it's exactly the same as last year's rolls. So no matter which flavor you get it in Void, Arc, or Solar, it's exactly the same roll, which is really weird. You would have thought that if you keep purchasing it with Glimmer, and um, whichever roll that you want to kind of get, it's... Uh, it's a hundred glimmer, isn't it, to repurchase a different in the a different or oh, an additional mask from um, Eva. So it's a hundred glimmer, and the light level is still seven fifty. But you'd think that if you keep repurchasing it, it would give you a random roll so that it would be. Nope. Buy one, never buy another one. There's no point. Remember to equip the relevant mod on the masquerader's helmet before you do the haunted forest, or you won't get the benefits. So as respawn went over. The three different mods that you can get that's the higher purpose the vampiric touch and something else because i can't remember them off the top of my head remember to equip those and i found that like i think it's the one that you can do more damage against the bosses is probably the best one for you but as i said last week you can mix and match with who you're running with so the triumph of many faces is to acquire so this was the thing that we had last week with the five different masks and we weren't sure so you have to get the Fractured Traveller Mask, which is 10 Strange Coins, the Varix Mask, which is 20 Strange Coins, the Exo Stranger Mask, 30 Strange Coins, the Anabray Mask, which is 40 Strange Coins, and the Rap Traveller Mask, which is 50 Strange Coins. 
So unlocking that will give you the triumph for many faces, and it will give you the ability to then purchase the bubbling mask for an extra 10 strange coins. Once you've done all of that, the restless shell is 200 candy, the tomb rider sparrow is 300 candy, the rap speed ship is 500 candy. The epic mystery grab bags are one strange coin and 300 candy, and the mystery grab bags are 150 candy. So when and you get to the end buying. of, sorry? And are not worth buying. Don't buy them. You're just going to be disappointed. It's going to be a grab bag of nonsense. Well, when you get to the end of the event, say like the last couple of days, and you've got billions and billions of candy saved up and loads and loads of strange coins, and you don't know what else to do, turn them into Eva get some shards get some glimmer get whatever else that you can get in the epic grab bag because that will help you in beyond light yeah so there is a decent materials thing but they're don't open them expecting good gear it's it's never happened and i wouldn't expect to have it this year <laughs> have you guys got any other tips for the haunted forest and the fest of the lost as you know as we move into the next week um uh... I'm just happy to see, I guess, that people were complaining about the number of ciphers. Again, I haven't played long enough to care about the number of ciphers, but I'm happy that Bungie, you know, people are complaining. Bungie is buffing the number of drops and should make people happier. And his yeah. name is not Greg. <laughs> not bad. Sorry, sorry. I'm just, I'm imagining how awkward you must look right now. Yes, we've already covered your mistake. I, uh... How many people told you about it this week? I was told by two two different people on two different continents. Same. <laughs> <laughs> also, for those of you out there that don't know it, and I was late due to a uh, you know a raid helping out our fellow Aussies. I don't know why I said fellow. I'm not an Aussie. What the hell? Disregard. I was you doing a raid friend. to help our Aussie friends, and I was late. But in case parody already mentioned it, I'm gonna say it. Happy one year older today with more gray hair and probably more children demon thank you yep he's old i wonder I, where you were going with that no <clears throat> you probably can't tell how old he is but believe it or not nintendo man is about 65 years old he sounds remarkable for his age doesn't he guys is that 65 british or 65 american that's 65 dog years <laughs> i don't know man so shall we get to uh, this week at Bungie for the 10th of October, 2020? Yes, yes that'd be exciting. Tell the people all the good stuff. This week at Bungie. Uh, so there's there's Zavala and the scary ghost behind him because the Haunted Forest and the Festival of the Lost is on, which we covered last week in great, great depth. So I won't tell you about it again this week, but just it's here for three more weeks. Go enjoy yourselves. Yeah. What I'd actually find a bit more enjoyable is the ability to unlock some of these some of these emotes whilst playing the Haunted Forest. So say if you racked up like 500 levels in the Haunted Forest, you had the ability to get like a, a blue emote. And if you did like a thousand, maybe you got the legendary emote. And if you did something ridiculous like 2000 levels, you could then unlock like the and the exotic emote you could put on it, or something like that. Maybe some sort of some sort of burden you could make out of iron. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> but saying that, there is an emblem available if you do the initial quest for the Haunted Forest and then go to the Bungie Rewards page on Bungie.net. And if you've linked your account, you can then get the nice little haunted emblem that Respawn was telling you about last week. Black and white. It's got some pyramid ships and a little kind of skull thing on there. I did it. And it's in, yeah, it looks pretty cool. So just to remind people. Yeah, very ghosty, very dead orbit, very Halloween. It's a good look. And it's a color scheme. You can actually read people's names. Look for it. Which is also just a benefit in this game because Bungie hasn't quite figured out color schemes for players' names. And now respawn. This is the yep. point where you might want to go away for a while, or you might want to hang out because Bungie has a whole page and a trailer on weapons and gear. We're gonna see in Beyond Light. No, no, no. I, I, this is what I waited for. I wanted to. I wanted to wait today before people spoil it for me. So yeah, no, I'm fine now. I don't okay. want them to spoil it for me earlier in the week. Ah, okay. So, so now, so now that it's not been spoiled, now we're gonna spoil it. Now yeah. we're gonna enjoy our spoilers. Got exactly. it. Very good, sir. So, uh, yeah, we, we, got a, we got a much closer look this week and then 75,000 breakdowns on YouTube about each individual frame of this trailer and all of its beautiful guns. So we got a lot more information about what exotics we're going to see coming into Beyond Light. And I guess we'll just we'll roll through them and, you know, Respawn can give his hot, hottest of hot takes and Night Demon can give his deep dives into, you know, the deep existential meaning of these weapons. And I'll just be like, look, it's pretty because that's what we do here. Uh, the first one up, and you know, if if you pre-order Beyond Light, you'll get the exotic pulse rifle. No time to explain. Which we oh, said. Oh, sorry, that, that I don't want where where are you looking at? Where are you looking uh, at? On, on the on the twab, um, like right, like above oh, the trailer, like the embedded trailer. They have a weapons and gear page on Bungie.net, and I don't know where else they link to it on. Or I guess it is actually it is on the Beyond Light page. There's a little gear tab at the top. Yeah. So yeah, so the. The exotic pulse rifle, no time to explain. What we didn't know at the time is precision hits and hits against enemies affected by stasis will return to the magazine. Wait a minute, precision. Yeah, I'm having a respawn moment. Yeah, no, there, there was, I feel like they've left a word right. out. No. Yeah, so, so precision hits and hits against enemies affected by stasis will return bullets to the magazine. Helping you out there. Stacking this effect will summon a portal which will fire bullets from an alternate timeline of the weapon. What? So you're gonna have an <laughs> from another dimension. Not now we're thinking the... with portals. Let's go. Exactly. <laughs> so this is this is your arc buddy from like beyond. <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to doing an arc warlock setup with is oh, it the controverse yes. holds? I, I think it is the the ones that give you the arc buddies, but the, no, the no, super uh, arc the, the getaway artist getaway artist that's it yeah giving we, you the super arc buddy then mm. using this gun and summoning in another portal with the like and having all these like little mini turrets around me just firing at people this is going to be my build for crucible just just have a good old fun time yeah. okay 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 couple of questions you guys probably don't have the answer but i'm gonna put them out here one whenever you fire around that becomes this future bullet right or this alternate timeline bullet does the bullet that you just fired still hit the target and then you get that additional bullet from somewhere else? Yes. Yes. One. Okay. Yes, we can answer these questions. Yeah, cool. because basically you're firing the weapon, but then like alternate respawn in an alternate dimension is also firing his weapon and his bullet also comes to help your bullet to be bullet friends and murder the enemy. That's dope as hell. Okay, question two. 
the 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 the, the alternate timeline bullets do they fire in the same place I fired or do they have an auto targeting feature that will just fire randomly towards the enemy will it hit a body shot will it hit a headshot will it hit where I shot how does that work it from what I can see in the trailer it auto targets but I'm not exactly sure whether it auto targets if you were doing headshots it copies you or if you're doing body shots it copies you with that it's just if you use the stack effect, it will summon the portal, which will fire bullets from the alternate timeline, and they all look like they're all firing at the same thing. So I think it's going to be similar to the arc buddy, no matter with the arc buddies that you have with the warlocks. When they fire at somebody, they I think they just hit in general and they just give you a, an overall damage number across the board. So yeah. I think this is going to be the same kind of thing. It's just going to hit the person and give you a flat damage number no matter what you do with it yeah that's so, where i'm getting at because like if it's a bullet like we're firing we have body damage right but if it's just like an arc buddy you just the arc buddy has flat damage like you're saying so what kind of damage is it going to be i was asking you know does it hit a headshot where i hit or did it just get somewhere else well no matter whether it hits the headshot or the body shot i think it's just going to be a flat number across the board I don't think it's going to be as hard hitting as what the pulse rifle would do for like body shot or headshot. I think it's just going to be very minimum. It was still going to be shot of some sort. Yeah, it's it's going to do some damage. Yeah, that's yeah, that's an answer we don't have. But I did see. I've heard the terms hit scan used, and it seems like it does just sort of arrive. So it's not like you'll your alternate um, alternate version of yourself will fire and miss the target entirely. So. I'm going to yeah. guess Night Demon is probably onto something of it's it's just to give you, you know, did it hit or did it not? And it will give you, you know, I assume, you know, just call it the body body shot damage for every hit because it's just, it doesn't care where you shoot them. Okay. We'll find out. And I'm sure Fallout will do an absolutely in-depth breakdown of exactly what you can do and what you can't do with it. Does he have a third question? Yeah. Is there a third question? My, my, my third question was tied into there already. But yeah, no, we're good. We're good. We're good. We're good. So then we can move so that- on to, go ahead. I was going to say, that's the only exotic that they've revealed so far that is the returning exotic. The Hawkmoon, which is the hand cannon from Destiny 1 that they've teased that he's returning, isn't even being talked about at this point. So I, I did hear a couple of things that people were saying that maybe that's going to be the weapon that's on the season pass that's available. Possibly. But then what they've done in recent seasons is a new exotic goes on the season pass. So maybe one of these is on the season pass. Maybe yeah. not. Yeah, I, I don't know. A, a Hawk Moon for everyone's deep love it love of it. I mean, we just had a hand cannon, and I don't think the Hawk Moon is something I'm not gonna say not worthy of the season pass, but I feel like you want something I don't know, interesting, unique, something. I don't know. Yeah. Of course I say that they'll throw it on the season pass anyway, just to, cause I don't know what I'm talking about. Carry on, <laughs> but sir. I, but what I do know what I'm talking about is we're gonna do the exotic sniper rifle cloud strike where precision bullets will generate lightning bolts at the target location. Rapid shots will summon an entire storm at the point of impact. (laughs) When you've brought your sniper rifle into your raid fight, and you're like, I'm going to do some crit damage on this guy, did you have an entire thunderstorm above him as well, raining lightning damage down? You did not. Will that do damage like if you got guys in the area with shotguns or swords is that going to hurt them oh yes it, yeah in the trailer it was it was, de- it was basically like you know it was like the um the warlock 
I can't remember which tree it is. You know, when you, when you cast the the big giant thunderbolt of death, yeah, below you with the world, it looked sort of like that. Like you're just going to rain, you know, a, a giant lightning bolt worth of damage down and do a whole area of effect to that whole, you know, mob well, area. It does friendly damage, right? It does friendly fire damage. Uh, that I don't know. I was uh, not since you can't friendly fire your friends now, but I don't really know. The trailer did not have this answer. Oh my god, I was gonna have so much fun with that if she could have friendly fire damage. I mean, since you can't kill each other with your supers as it is, like it's not a grenade, so I'm gonna assume no, but uh, you never know. Now, if you blow up something in the area near your friend, then you get frozen points and friendly fire damage both. Nice. So, oh, that's what the sniper looks like. Okay, visually speaking, that looks cool as hell, too. Somebody um, did say, I can't remember who it was, it was probably Astagos, so that it looks like they've taken a wizard staff, turned it sideways, and just put a gun model around it. That's exactly what it is, yeah, because see, mm -hmm. see where the buttstock is? That's where the, the head of the staff is, and then the stick is at the tip of the, the thing, right? Mm. So yeah, no, that's that's exactly what that looks like. It looks like a, a, an arc wizard staff. Good job, Bungie. But here's my thing. Is this a rapid-fire sniper rifle? Or is this the like like a like like a high damage slow firing one, right? Because if it's rapid fire, and you can cause lightning storms, well, you know that would be cool. But I'm thinking if it's got if it's got high damage, like a like let's say a whisper, right? If you get the whisper damage and also lightning strike, that might be the new boss killing weapon, man. Right to there. be honest, I don't think it's going to be like a high impact, like the Whisper of the Worm is. I think it's going to be more along the lines of like your Ikelos shotguns that you can get at the moment, which are the rapid, well, you, yeah, they are rapid fire, aren't they? They're so the rapid, rapid fire frame, which is lower impact, but if you're stacking up the rapid precision shots, will that then do more damage than the Whisper could potentially do? That's what I'm thinking, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. I think when they build these things, they have those kind of in mind, don't they? To say the whispers on the like the, the top of the mountain, and they kind of try and bring other like snipers equivalent to that, like they did with the Darcy, so that when you get the when you scope in with the Darcy and you get the extra damage for holding it there for a period of time, that it's it's nearly equivalent to the whisper, but not quite. But then in some circumstances, it's better. And I guess this is going to be that same kind of well, the arc, isn't it? That better is it has an overall higher magazine capacity, right? So if you if you have a full loadout of Darcy rounds and a full loadout of Whisper rounds, out of Whisper rounds before you run out of Darcy, because Darcy just has so many more. So by the time you run out of your Darcy rounds, you will have done more damage with Darcy than the Whisper. That's where that comes into play. I believe the the Darcy's a, a rapid fire frame as well because that's got a fifty five impact, so that's nice. got seven in the magazine. So if this has around seven or eight bullets in the magazine and you're doing the rapid hits, you could potentially do, you know, equal to, or maybe more than the whisper. It's going to be really interesting to see. When when I saw this, I, I was imagining the war priest from Destiny One on the um, dreadnought, thinking like when you stood in the like the in the Titan bubble and was shooting out of it. And the amount of whispers that were going off, imagine just like critical hitting that guy. And then there's mm -hmm. just the storm cloud just raining down on him and all the ads that kind of pop up around. That's um Yeah. And since most bosses, not all, because you have some bosses that are mobile, 
but most bosses are stationary. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the even if your lightning damage isn't, you know, a huge modifier or multiplier on top of it, it's just bonus damage. It's damage. No, no, damage. You're not thinking big enough. If a team of six has these things and you have multiple lightning storms on mm-hmm. a boss, that's right. gotta out damage the freaking whisper, dude. It's got to. Hopefully. With that, yeah, with that, I, I kind of hope that it does multiple damage because when you're throwing out, if you're a warlock and you're throwing out those solar grenades, you only get like the, the damage tick from one grenade. So if you've propped the, the multiple grenades from like your sun bracers, you only get the damage from that one grenade. So I'm hoping that it is multiple damage if it's different people using the weapon rather than kind of everybody's getting the damage from the weapon but only one person's one benefit from the storm cloud. I'm, I'm hoping that it's it's multiple storm clouds, multiple damage, because that would be really insane, like you said. Yeah, and if Bungie, if Bungie doesn't make multiple storm clouds, multiple damage, they've just shot themselves in the foot, both figuratively and hopefully, literally, because you've missed a great opportunity to have a new top-tier damage dealer other than Darcy, Whisper, or Anarchy. You know, and this is why you need the new consoles and the new graphics cards to process not just the stasis ice effects, all of the lightning bolts from this gun. All of the lightning bolts. And now we're going from long range to close range with the exotic sword, the lament, which is just a phenomenal looking weapon. They've taken a page out of the Gears of War book for this one, haven't they? They have. Now this is a mortal blade, a stalwart shield. Block with the lament to rev the blade, then shred through shielded enemies. At its peak, damaging an enemy will heal the wielder. And now everyone has a thousand questions about this, because in the trailer, they show a guardian taking this and one-shotting a shielded champion, a shielded barrier champion, one shot with the lament, which made us all say, is that a thing I can do? Can I one-shot a, a barrier champion with this weapon? Or is it, you know, once I charge it up, how, how, how many things can I kill with the sword? Because <laughs> in our shooter, we have massively powerful swords that look phenomenal and just... This gives me, this gives me hope if they're putting, you know, shielded things, the barrier champions into things. If I can take a sword and just say, no, no, you're dead now, this makes me happy. Hold on, hold on. Let me break this down, right? Okay, so... A mortal blade and a stalwart shield. Okay, block with the lament to rev the blade. So now they're forcing us to use the block mechanic, which means your titans Mm-mm. will have a use of those gauntlets, finally. Um, Still won't block. To <laughs> uh, block with the lament to rev the blade, then shred through shielded enemies. It specifies shielded enemies. I don't know why it specifies shielded enemies, but okay. Because barrier... Because in the trailer, they show you one-shotting a shielded barrier knight. No, I get that, but, like, does it do extra damage to shields? Or are they just saying shield for, like, for, like, a st- for, for wow factor, right? Because if it does damage to shields and you're more likely to kill a shielded enemy than you are an unshielded champion, for an example, right? That matters. Well, what I'm getting so, from this is that it's very similar to the Ariana's Vow, which is the exotic hand cannon. And that's perk, it's exotic perk, it's looks can kill. This weapon fires special shield piercing ammunition and 
it comes with a scope and strong against barrier champions. And you can kind of take down the barrier champion shields with just a couple of bullets with that. And I'm thinking this is very similar. There's going to be an exotic perk that's built into it that it can take down the barrier champions. But it's also good against, say, like a, a shielded minotaur if you're using like when they've got those big purple spheres around them and you just want to kind of one shot those if you charge up your your sword right. just one shot them without having to worry about it but if you're going up against the barrier champion you should be able to if you've got it at full rev take them out completely mm-hmm. so very similar to the ariana's vow but you have to be a lot closer to these enemies which puts you I in mean, harm's way I, I love this concept they're forcing you to finally use a shield mechanic when you know people like some hunters who shall not be named don't <laughs> right um they're giving you a benefit to said shield mechanic so you have to waste ammo unless you're a titan for the shield right so no, you don't waste ammo anymore do you yeah you do not the titans don't but overall you do if you're shielding the more damage you block the more sword ammo goes away unless i've no. missed an update you've missed an update sir so you just holding the shield, regardless of how much damage you take, it doesn't deplete sword ammo any more than what it's supposed to. You remember, it must have been a couple of months back, where they changed swords completely, that there is now a blocking mechanism that is on the stat bar, so that you have to... Let me find a sword to go over this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. There's like the, block, there's like the bar instead of the ammo eating. Yeah, yeah, there's a there's a guard efficiency and guard endurance, and you can kind of customize your swords now to do longer endurance and the charge rate of it coming back. So yeah, there's no, they they've taken out that whole mechanic of losing sword ammo with blocking. Okay, so my bad on that. So mm-hmm. other questions that are raised: one, how much damage do you have to block for it to be at its peak damage, right? And second. If you kill an enemy, is it like the that uh, charge with light mod? If you kill an enemy, it then decharges, discharges. That's what I was thinking. It discharges the weapon's damage, or do you maintain that 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 peak damage for X amount of time? Right? What what delineates how long you get to have that extra damage? Is it per kill? Is it per time? Is it? Per I damage? think. If they're going to go along the same lines as like Gears of War, when you rev up your chainsaw weapon. Until you actually engage with the target, you can hold that chainsaw indefinitely. And I'm thinking it's going to be the same with this. The amount of charge that you can hold it for is that going to be based on your efficiency and your endurance of holding block on that thing. Whereas with gears, you can hold it indefinitely until you walk up to a target and actually chainsaw them. And once you chainsaw them, that takes away kind of any benefit from using that chainsaw. That's my question. Is it a one and done mechanic, or do you get to have yeah. it? Yeah. Okay. I think it's it's like you charge it up. It's a one and done, but it'll give you a certain amount of period to get to the target. So you're not going to be able to kind of cross map people with it. You're not going to be able to block indefinitely and then just carry on walking up to them until you chainsaw them. There's going to be a period of time before you can kind of. That's 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 not too bad. It's not as good as I would have hoped, but it's not too bad. And the other thing is, um, at its peak, damaging an enemy will heal the wielder. Wielder, sorry. So that does sound like a one and done. At its peak. So once once you hit that peak, you get the one heal mechanic, and then you know it discharges or the charge comes down a little bit or whatever. But you're no longer at that peak. So you get the yeah. one, and that's it. I'm hoping. Ooh, I don't know. Before I say this, hold on. 
my initial response is I'm hoping it heals you to full, right? But it's now probably I'm... going to be like a one-eyed mask thing. You get the kill, <laughs> and it heals you. Right. Now, They've uh, taken I... the one-eyed mask perk. They've put it on this weapon, so uh, anybody no. can use it. Even hunters. There you go. You've got your perk. Oh, goodness. Okay. I'm loving the sword idea. So far, very happy with all three exotics. Okay, wait. Oh, good. I'm glad that us, as non-Bungie employees, have impressed you enough to carry on playing the game. Let's yeah. let's see if we can keep the keep the love going with our salvation to grip. Respawn, redemption is within your grasp. Each fire projectile will create stasis crystals that will freeze nearby targets, charge to increase the amount of crystals created, and the freeze radius. What? So if you say, you know... Yeah, so, so if you say I, I enjoy your whole stasis thing, but I don't love the subclass, you right. can have all the joys of stasis without running the subclass. Pretty fire projectile will create stasis crystals that will freeze nearby targets, charged to increase the amount of crystals. So, okay, enjoy is these this hot like takes. A rifle, mm -hmm. or is this like a chargeable shotgun? This looks like the tractor cannon, it looks very similar to that. It looks like the way the tractor cannon is short and dumpier, they've added a little bit of spike on the end of this. That's basically what it looks like to me. It looks like it's been ripped off like a robot's arm. Mm -hmm. like but there's, there's an angry like Vex we're missing an arm that was shooting ice crystals. Yeah. Especially with the Hunter subclass where I do more damage to freaking people affected by stasis. Let's go. What? Me and and really and and you you and your buddy you grab your salvation script you get your buddy with his exotic uh, no time to explain uh, you know damage those people affected by stasis which you've affected them by shooting them with this grenade and then you get uh, bullets from another timeline got a little energy dude what you're not even wrong about that either oh my god and then have one guy with a sniper putting a storm on the location mm -hmm. ah. We're going to freeze you, shoot you from another dimension, and then drop a storm on your face. We've become the X-Men. Okay, stop, stop, stop. We need to take a break. I need to go wash myself, take a cold shower. Why stop looking at me like that? You have no idea what we're talking about. Well, well good. Then this seems like a perfect time to get into our uh, new Titan armor pieces then. Uh-oh. <laughs> this, this should bring you back down. <laughs> All right, well, hold on. Be before we go that, uncover a new arsenal. Yeah, they've got a picture of some of the new weapon, the weapon designs, I guess. Um, they look very red and blue and patched together with bits of tape. So that's mm -hmm. a pulse rifle that looks pretty cool, sidearm, kind of meh. Now, is that an auto rifle? I'm judging by the size of the magazine, that's an I'd say, going from scout. top left, you've got pulse rifle... Sidearm, scout rifle, rocket launcher, and then shotgun at the bottom. There's probably other weapons in the same kind of package that we're not seeing at the moment because they can't fit it all on one page. But I think that's it. You think that bottom one's a shotgun? Yeah, that bottom one's definitely a shotgun. All right. Titan armor. Is there at least hunter armor somewhere? There is. Don't worry. We'll get to all of it. So. We've got some new a new Titan exotic gauntlet, the Icefall Mantle. Stand tall against the oncoming hordes with this reinforced armor that replaces the Titan's barricade with an overshield, absorbing damage from incoming <laughs> fire. Oh, get out of here! A mobile cricket! Oh my god! <laughs> the, hunter, the hunters get fun little things. We gave, we gave the Titan the door just to say, 
Come at me, bro. Oh, With a shield plate. No, 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 no. I don't need a one-eyed mask anymore. I is, just need these gauntlets. Is, if it is the same, if it is the same amount of damage as you a freaking barrier on a freaking titan, oh my god. Incoming player who does not care about your measly guns. Now, I have to wonder, though, against the Icefall Mantle, if you do fire damage, does it melt the barrier quickly? Does it do more damage? I, no, I really want to know. You're not a barrier. You're wearing a freaking shield, dude. <laughs> yeah, but it's made out of ice. I mean, look at these gauntlets. They're basically you're ice. You're wearing ice your bubble. You're, you're essentially wearing your bubble. Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I mean, this this might be enough to make me take off the syntheseps. I, I think this is this, definitely going to be a very be good build. PvP, or I'm or I'm throwing out my Xbox. I'm playing something else. I don't yeah, care. You're going to be throwing out your Xbox. Yeah. I've got a, I've got a perfect I've got a perfect build at the moment with a hundred percent resilience and with resilience if you get that a hundred percent you can drop a barrier every fourteen seconds so every fourteen seconds with these gauntlets I could have an overshield and that is literally every engagement for me. I'm Night Demon, the Juggernaut. I'm going to be waiting to get hold of these. These these look amazing. I am going to terrorize. From what I can actually do in the in PvP, I am going to terrorize from what I can do. So so now that we've made made respawn very sad, we're gonna make him even sadder because we're gonna move on to the Titan Exotic Helmet, the precious scars. Prove your strength, even when coming back from the brink. Upon revive, the Titan gains an overshield aura that, pro that protects the wearer and nearby allies. So I'm calling this the Trials Titan friend. So if you need a Titan to go into trials with. Rev him, or, you know, res your Titan friend. He gives you an overshield barrier, and then you can, you know, go and actually try to kill the enemy. No, it's the other way around. The Titan has to do the, the resin. Oh, oh, I totally misread this. I was thinking when you res the Titan, I gotcha. It no, says so upon revives, it doesn't say who revives who. Okay. Upon uh, I was totally reading so it as Titan revives, or when he does a revive. Maybe, oh, maybe it's oh, both. Yeah, although in the trailer, I think it is the... Actually, I'm not sure. I think it was the Titan sliding. You know, the trailer was like two seconds of each thing. I think it was like the Titan sliding in and resing a friend. So yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, can, can we just talk about, just, just for a moment, this, this precious Scars helmet that looks like you've taken your mother's good china vase, smashed it on the floor, and then tried to quickly paste it back together again and hope she wouldn't notice. I don't know if I love or hate this, but this might give... Oh my god! I'm never playing PvP in this freaking game again. That's all right. We're gonna we're gonna excite you again in a minute with some of the. No, no, no! Because there is nothing you can give hunters or warlocks that will offset titans wearing their freaking bubbles and giving okay, overshields to their friends. If I if I said to you, hunters blink, would that cheer you up a little bit better? What do you mean, like warlock blink? If we yes. were to say give the hunters some sort of uh, an exotic helmet, the Mask of Bacchus, don the mask to replace the hunter's dodge ability with a longer range shift ability that also temporarily cloaks the wearer during use. Does that Hunter mean Blink. Invis? Hunter Blink. Invis, Hunter Blink. So not only Invis, Invis and teleportation. Now, again, I have a really good build for hunters with 100% mobility, and with 100% mobility, wearing this mask, again, yeah, I think yeah, yeah. my invisibility is up every 10 seconds. Yeah. So Lucky you could potentially, 
you could potentially put a build together with this mask with 100% mobility and some, I think it's Paragon mods on your class item and go to town and just be invisible blinking everywhere. Now, I do believe in one of the breakdown trailers I saw that this isn't available. Like if you jumped in midair, you can't blink in midair like a warlock can. You can run and blink or slide and blink. Thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because well, they say this replaces your dodge. So anywhere you can dodge in the game, you'll be mm. able to blink. So you know, as a hunter, I assume you can't dodge in midair because how do you dodge in midair? You're not. You're not a space. You're not a space warlock. So so yeah. Basically, if you're on the ground, you can teleport your way out of danger behind the enemy in any number of places. Um, sixteen or seventeen different walls you can break through to explore new places in the game. Looking at you, Froggy and Company. I didn't even think of that. Well done, yes. Put that mix that with a knee belt and you'll be able to blink out of somewhere. Yeah, so Hunter Blink. Ay. So while the Titan you can't do any damage to because they've hulked out, the Hunter you just can't find. Or you turn around and he's behind you. Not only is he slide shotgun, he's slide going invisible and then appearing behind you with a shotgun. This is, this is the future we're looking forward to. And during a blink, you are invulnerable, right? I'm I mean, asking I'm asking Warlock Mains. During, during, during a blink, I don't know why I said I'm asking Warlock Mains. There's no Warlock. During yeah, a blink, you, you're physically not there, right? You cannot be targeted because you teleported sure from one to another, right? I mean, that's sure what it seems like. I mean, I don't know, but I feel like while it's blinking you, like you're not, yeah, like you're not there. There's nothing there to hit. Like there's yeah, no okay. way to take damage. I'm not positive about that, but that's sure what it seems like. And I would say feels like, but I, I couldn't blink. My brain couldn't handle wrong. the This definitely mechanic. seems fun, and this is probably going to be a major part of my, my new loadouts, right? But at the same time, at the same time, I am already having PTSD over a bubble-wearing, shoulder-charging Titan. But just, just but see, you're having PTSD about that. I'm, I'm all for the clips of Hunter's thinking they have a dodge and blinking themselves off of cliffs <laughs> <laughs> going, Oh, I have that exotic on whoops. A hundred percent. That's going to be me more times than I'm going to brag about. Okay. Oh, well, the hunter, don't worry. You're also getting, this is one. I don't know. This seems one of questionable importance. The hunter exotic gauntlet, the Arth. Now it's either the Arthrus's embrace or the Athrus's embrace. Arthur. Because. Well, it says that, but uh, I think it was Mylan Games pointed out that they have it spelled differently in the trailer than they do on the website. Love it. So it's Athrus's embrace in the trailer and Arthrus's on the website. So it's one of the two. But either way, it's the Hunter Weighted Knife gains a second ricochet. Rapid precision hits gains a damage bonus and can temporarily stagger enemies. So if you can dodge a brick, you can dodge a ball. No, hold on. And, wait. The verbiage here is confusing. Okay, so the hunter weighted knife gets a second ricochet. So basically, you can bounce it off something twice. Like in the trailer, they show you bouncing a knife off the wall, two different pl- and you know, yeah, no, bounce no, off I, the wall once at the second time. But okay, so we have point A. The knife can ricochet twice. Yep. Now we go on to point B. Rapid precision hits gain a damage bonus. Stop. Rapid precision hits with what? We only get one one weighted knife. So I'm, assuming this, I'm assuming this is with your weapon. Like, I'm assuming you grab an auto rifle, 
precision hit, precision hit, then throw the knife to finish the enemy off. That's what I'm assuming they mean by this. Okay. If that is the case, and I can make my knife one-shot without it being a crit, that is a game-changer. And you can temporarily stagger enemies if they're big enough to stagger. Okay. So, so here's what you do. You shoot, you shoot the, 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 the champion, you, you stagger him with the knife, and then you slice through his face with the sword. No, no, no. I'm thinking PvP at this point, right? Because, no, no, no. Okay, so. So you shoot the titan in the face, you throw the knife to stagger the titan, and then you just mock him as he dies. Precision hits, right? Okay, so I have a bubble-wearing titan with a shoulder charge at the ready running me down. I shoot him mm-hmm. in the head a bunch of times, which does no good. But now I have a throwing knife that does what I'm hoping is Nutter's one-shot damage to counteract it. And if not, you know, can temporarily stagger. So it could stop a Titan right in his tracks while he stands there and goes, what happened while you shotgun him in the face? Okay, okay. Okay, I could, I could see this as, as being a thing. The only, the only question that I have in mind is when you're wearing your, your, your barricade, a, does it give you the same amount of health that the barricade does, meaning uh, bullets it takes before it breaks? And two, does it have the same timer on it? And three, does it have the same weaknesses? Like if I pop you with a fusion rifle, is it going to do more damage, right? No, you're so, just invulnerable. Hmm? No, just you're like a super god. I'm trying to be serious here. For the listeners out there and myself, right? There's, we've got no more information from what we're actually telling you yeah. from what we've seen from the trailer and what we can read off the Bungie.net page. We can't okay. answer these until we actually get to Beyond Light. Yeah, I mean, so for what I'll back, it can basically be like a bulletproof vest, and that's all it is. If you shoot it, if you know, if you still stumble over a tiny stone, you're still dead. Okay, fair enough. If it's now, anything like the Mark 44 standard sides, even when I've charged that thing up and I've got the overshield from doing the run. People can still melt me. Just yeah. It, yeah, you can still, still be lit up. It just, it just that overshield is nothing <laughs> when you're running towards people shooting at you. So, yeah. All right. So, okay, that's cool. That's cool. So, I on. really, I really hope it really ramps up that throwing knife damage, though, man. Because the throwing knife needs it. Because I don't need an extra ricochet on my throwing knife. I need more damage. It doesn't depend on precision. Just just use it like a hard light. Just bounce it off corners and murder people. <laughs> so now we move on to our warlock friends with the warlock exotic helm, the Dawn Chorus. Feel that sweet burn. The warlock's Dawnbreak projectiles gain extra damage and cause enemies to burn on contact. On top of that, you gain melee energy each time a burn damages a target. What? Say that again? I was fighting with a baby. I, I, I wish we had a warlock. So basically, your warlock dawnbreak, pro- yeah, warlock dawnbreak projectiles gain extra damage and cause enemies to burn on contact, which it seems like they would have already. And you also gain melee energy each time you each basically each time you, you cause burn damage to a target. So your flaming sword burns people, and you get melee energy back when you burn them. Huh. I feel like I need a warlock main to explain to me why this is better. I mean, I understand why it's better, uh, but like, well, okay. So a couple of reasons. Like it's, Number one, I'm missing they, something. Here, I feel like they can consume their grenade to stay in the air longer. That's one thing, right? No, I'm sorry. It says melee energy. Disregard. 
Never mind. Yeah, never mind. Just, yeah, so you get more energy back. Yeah, yeah. So from what I've heard, this would be perfect for bottom tree uh, warlock daybreak because the top tree is already quite dominant in PvP, whereas the bottom tree needed a bit more love. So this is going to burn them on contact. So what I'm thinking is this is going to be very similar to how the Titans with their throwing hammers, where they leave like a pool of fire behind. So maybe this is going to be very similar. That there's going to be some kind of burn damage that could then be transferred to another enemy, multiple enemies. Yeah, like an area of effect or damage over time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because I was reading this, I'm going. I'm sure. Again, I just don't play enough Warlock and not but enough. It doesn't say anything about area of effect though it just says deal extra damage and cause enemies to burn on contact yeah so so although i mean because it is burn and because of the next thing we're about to get to maybe it is yeah it, it, it you know just like you can rain lightning down with a sniper rifle maybe yeah uh, you know, if someone what i do know is this looks like a dragonfly head or a praying mantis either way it's a very weird looking helmet yeah so I mean, if that one doesn't strike your fancy, here's one I can definitely understand. The Warlock Exotic Gauntlet Necrotic Grip. A deadly caress, compounded. Melee attacks corrupt enemies with increasing damage over time. What? Let's just say that again. Melee attacks corrupt enemies with increasing damage over time. Defeating a corrupted combatant spreads the corruption to nearby targets and restores melee energy. Oh my god. What? You know what this is, guys? You know what this is? This that's is the new, this that's is the new Warlock main freaking exotic. That's what that is. This is what? Thorn Punch. You can shoot people with a thorn. You can punch people with a thorn. This is Thorn Punch. I punch no, you. You get poisoned. This is Thorn Punch on crack. Thorn poisons the one guy that you shoot. This poisons the guy that you punch. And when you kill him, it poisons other people around him while giving you extra melee damage. This is... This is insane. This is going to be really nice, isn't it, to pair with Thorn? Because you can do like a couple of shots of Thorn, melee, run, walk away, whatever, and you get the, the melee energy back, which would be quite oh, nice. Geez. What I really need to know, though, is does this work at range? Can I use my Dawnblade with the, with the, you know, I have a melee that shoots fireballs at range, hit you with those fireballs, poison you, and oh. then you poison your friends? Is that a thing I can do? Because that's a thing I want to do. Um, it says melee attacks it corrupt enemies. Yeah, it doesn't, doesn't say it's locked to a subclass. Mm-hmm. So potentially now, you could use Le Monarch, then this, throwing out the fireballs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and poison people. Or this will be one of these things that will be broken day one and they'll go, um, sorry, oh, wow. don't Jesus. work. Either Yo, way, I mean, th- this I, is the punch. Like, this is ridiculous. I love I love everything. Recon might be a warlock main next season. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, this, oh, it, it, it looks so good. Like, I, I just, I want it to be powerful enough because if this is one of those where, yeah, it does a little bit of damage, but it doesn't, like, it doesn't take down a drake. It doesn't, you know, actually do any good. I'll be very sad because this looks so good and so much fun. Even if it doesn't do range damage, even if it just, it is actual, like I have to punch you with my face. It's so good. I want it. I so, am yeah. completely human, dude. That yes. looks. Yes. Yeah, so those are our new. Those are the new exotics we've been told about, and the things they can do, and we are stupidly excited to have them. Mm-hmm. That we understand. The Titan one. Titan ones can go to hell. <laughs> And then we're also 
I mean, we're not forgetting, but we're glancing over the, the fact that we get this new subclass to pair with some of these. So some of these exotics could be amazing with the new subclass. Just because we haven't got it, we don't know how it's going to affect them. So I, I'm just, it's, I, the excitement is bubbling over for November 10th. I just, I can't wait for it to get here. I know the whole game's going to completely change and it's going to upset some people. It's going to upset my equilibrium of how, how to do things and be like, ah, but I'm just excited. I, I'm I'm going to get frozen and then get knives thrown into my head. <laughs> yeah. All right. So 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 I'm going to say something right here. That's to be a thing. I've always acknowledged Titan's potency in PvP. Oh God. But no, no. Yeah. Have you though? I'm not. I'm not I, did admit, I did admit that they need help in PvE. Right. As far as like PvE things go, Titans are one of the more useless classes outside of the freaking bubbles, and I am not counting your six-second buff from your little hammer hit, okay? It doesn't matter. Six seconds is, is no, okay? But the bubble, at least, you can do something with, okay? But outside of that, Titans really aren't needed in, in, in you know, PvE. But with this exotic sword and with the fact that you can wear a bubble, essentially... That gives them a lot more versatility in PvE-related events, right? Hey, you got to do boss damage? Let me pop my freaking bubble on myself, right? My roaming bubble, right? I'm going to go up and I'm going to sword damage the boss, and he's not going to hurt me in the slightest, you know? Things like that, right? Or, or, or not even that. You are you know, you go down, your Titan comes for that clutch revive. He's got mm-hmm. his precious scars on, gives you that overshield, and now you and your friends are alive again. He can bring you back to safety. Throw that barrier right. up, get that res, give you that overshield barrier. Now you're back in the game. Talk about your hero moments. For real, man. As far as PvE goes, I'm actually excited for you, Titans. I think this is a big update for you guys in that regard. However, I hate the fact that these same exotics that I'm giving credit to for PvE are also going to make you double broken in PvP. Although, that may be... Hunters can now completely go invisible and blink around the map. I think I think you're overlooking that a little bit. I, we've, I, we've given this most mobile class. I gave you I, completely uh, go invisible. I'm <laughs> not overlooking that. The actual invulnerability that if we are actually invulnerable during a blink, that's gonna that's gonna weigh in very heavily with me. Don't get me wrong, right? But invis I mean, has you, never really worked for me because my my main class is always in, right. And even while I'm in Viz in PvP, I'm getting sniped or I'm getting shoulder charged. To me, PvP doesn't or PV, invisibility doesn't do me a whole lot. But blink invulnerability, that might be a game changer. I can see mm. your point. Which is, I mean, uh, yeah, it's it's hard to say because the where, but honestly, in the trailer, it, it's very much you're here now, you're there. Like you have not run from here to there; you just appeared. Over. Like you said earlier, now we're playing with portals. Yeah, and how far the blink goes, that's also going to matter, too. If I can blink further than I can dodge, it's also going to be a huge game changer. Now, I've talked a lot of exotics. Would someone else like to talk about uh, our burning bright during New Light? I would. So over the last year, there's been a lot of great feedback about the new player experience in Destiny 2. And I think we've brought it up on the show. There's been a lot of people that have contacted us and said they're not happy with the way that it's run, you know, it's very confusing when you go into the game. There's lots of things that pop up and you're just expected to know what to do. 
So currently the players are given a single mission to become acquainted with some of the basic gameplay and then let loose in the tower without much direction, which is pretty much what a lot of people have said. This has led to some confusion, mm. as many players didn't exactly know where to start. Who's that robot with the meticulous cleaning of auto rifles? What do I do with these engrams? And what is a Zavala? The team has been working to restructure the on-ramp for Destiny 2, and today we'll be giving you a small glimpse into the New Light experience. So this sounds like it's going to be really good. This looks like it's they're going to walk you by the hand and take you into the game, explain things as you go along. So starting November 10th, players will start in the same way that most of us all started. A ghost will be on the hunt for their garden, they stumble upon you, and then revive you for the first time. So what's different now is that you won't immediately find your ship. Rather, you'll stumble into another guardian in the wild. And this looks like a hunter, so what better way to show you around? Who else would you meet in the wastes of the Cosmodrome? Yeah, just not knowing what to do and wandering around without a fire team. You're, you're treading on thin ice, bud. <laughs> he has a fire team. He's not alone. So Shorehan is his name, and he's on a mission with his fire team to investigate what the hive are up to in the cosmodrome he'll show you the ropes and then he'll find you along your way with the gameplay and the systems of destiny 2 as a new player you'll spend your first few missions getting acquainted with the state of the world in destiny 2 you'll have the opportunity to take a few weapons out for a spin engrams to try different armor and see the progression system and have some time to learn how to navigate the user interface to understand quests bounties collections and more i get that they're telling us this but if you're a new player coming to destiny you're not necessarily following this on the bungie.net website. So this should be, I think, something that they should put on Twitter or they, they should really publicize these facts out there, maybe on like the initial startup page. Just just saying, for instance, I mean, it's good for us to kind of reiterate to, you know, veteran guardians and people that are kind of sherpering other people into the game. And I get that. But it, this this kind of thing should be kind of out there to explain to more people, like, like with the Game Pass. Maybe it should be something that comes up that they have to read and say, oh, okay, right, this is going to be changing then. So maybe you'll get a bit more acquainted. Just what do you guys think? It's definitely a good, it's good that they've put some actual thought into this and also limited from you. The part you haven't gotten to yet is, you know, this is before you get to the tower. Because the yeah. tower is really the point where it says, here's 9,000 things to do. Here's all these activities and all these people. And it's very overwhelming if you're like, I don't even know what's a Zavala. So I think it's good that we're saying, you know, let's let's keep you in the cosmodrome. Let's walk you through. Let's get you, you know, acquainted with here are the type of weapons. Here's the classes. Here's, here's the feel of the game. Here's what this game is before dumping you into, oh, here's a thousand worlds. Go have fun. So I think it's, there, you know, there's actually like an intro mission, not just an intro throwing to the wolves so um I, i'm on board with with what parody just said but at the same time i can kind of understand where demon's coming from but this twab isn't catering to the new people the new people when they log in they're just going to have this guy there right they don't need to know he's going to be there in the twab he's just going to be there they're just telling us this because like let's say if uh you got a friend that wants to play right you could say oh no dude it's easy all you got to do he came up and then this guy will lead you through all this other stuff that way you don't have to do it for him especially on the parts that are one player only right so just i, I yeah, love but if, I, if you're a veteran like guardian are you now telling people like you're when you're getting new people in to playing destiny are you now saying 
wait until the tenth because it'll be a much better setup and explain it a little bit more in depth. Or are no, you trying no, no, no. to You're just not wait until the tenth? This is just you know after the tenth. You know this is just an additional thing you can tell somebody. I would tell people wait until the tenth because why? Much stuff going away. If if you're coming now, I I don't want to say wait tenth. That'll give you the game world as it is and not make you have to try to figure out a bunch of stuff that won't be there anymore. Hmm. You know, sure you might miss out on a little bit of gear, but honestly, how much how much you know end game activity are you really going to do if you've got a buddy or or you know a clan or a friend who's bringing you to the game and dragging you along on stuff? Great, you know more power to you. You'll figure it out just by playing with them. But if you're you know stepping into this game new. I feel like you you know wait until the tenth, wait until the game, you know, will be in the world you're going to live in. Not trying to figure all this crap out and then go. Well, wait, I just did all this and now it's just gone. Because how many things will you have half done? Thinking the tenth, it's in you know a month from now, and all of a sudden all of that's gone. All of your progress is gone because those worlds are gone, those vendors are gone, those weapons you were half done acquiring gone. It's mm-hmm. that'll be a real rough experience for a couple of people. Or not in a couple of, you know, for people who came in maybe at the game pass and didn't realize, you know, don't follow the game as closely. Even though Bungie, I feel like, has done a pretty decent job of of saying stuff's going away, but I don't honestly remember how much of that is in the game. matter how good a job they're doing, if you're a new player, you don't know what they've been saying. Right, right. Like, how much of that is in the game? I feel like we've had a couple of messages like, hey, stuff's going away in-game, but I almost feel like every Tuesday reset, they should put it up there and say, hey, remember... You know, there's X X number of days until this goes into the vault because there's so many people going to be smacked upside the head with this and go, well, "What do you mean this is going away?" Right. So, but I mean, it's it's that's the age old problem of you know you tell people a thousand times in a thousand places there'll be someone who said, "Oh, well, I follow." You. Oh, I just I never saw any of these. No. Yeah, yeah and it's usually a hunter whose name starts with an R. <laughs> <laughs> They do go on to say that Cosmodrome is coming out of the Destiny content vault, so this gave them a perfect opportunity to overhaul the new player experience. For veteran players out there, this will be a stroll through memory lane. No, that's just a new character. They do go on to say that the Plaguelands are strictly quarantined per Vanguard orders. So if you don't know what the Plaguelands are, this was a second subsection of the Cosmodrome, which opened up with the expansion of the Rise of Iron in Destiny 1. And it's not as big as the Cosmodrome, but it was still pretty big. There was a lot of things in there, and I think it's going to be opened up somewhere down the line. Um, That's where the SIVA lives. We don't mess with the SIVA. No, we don't mess with SIVA. So you'll still be able to explore much of what you remember as your first days of the Guardian. Running through the moth yards to collect spin metal, heading down the stairs of the steps to face off against the powerful Hive Knight, and more. There will be the occasional moment of discovery, like stumbling upon a lost sector that you haven't seen before. If you're an existing player and would like to go through the New Light quest, it will also be available to on November 10th. There you go. And something I'm looking forward to in this is having that experience that I had when we started the game of you load up the game and you're you're wandering around the Cosmodrome trying to find your way and you're stumbling across a knight, something, something higher power. And then that Guardian swoops in much higher level and just obliterates things for you, helps you out, gets you through things, you know, comes to your aid when you least expect it. I'm yeah, going to that, enjoy just hanging out in the Cosmodrome, you know, looking for those lower level players being like, hey, let me help you out with this guy. Let me, you know, let me jump into this public event and, you know, help murder this thing that you're trying to get through. Because that's just, you know, that, that was what Destiny was sold to us as. And that was, you know, those early day experiences were so much fun of someone just coming out of the blue or a group just, you know, running by, helping you out and 
moving on with their day. I mean, it still kind of happens, right? But we're at eight, so you know, the, our our view from the top is different from those looking up. You know, so that, that's that's very much still a thing. As as my son, who still has newer characters that he plays, will tell you. You know, I mean, oh totally, yeah. I'm just I'm just looking forward to being you know being the person to go and help out. You know, the lower level folks that. You know, even even in the last couple of weeks, I was on with Pan the other night playing some strikes, and we were with, you know, we're guessing it, you know, uh, someone who just came from game. They had all blue gear. They were, you know, level seven, seven or nine hundred something. You know, had all blue gear. Didn't didn't seem to have all their subclasses and everything unlocked. It's just nice to be like, hey, we can, you know, we can run around dragging through these strikes, and you can do your thing and enjoy yourself too. Hopefully, <laughs> I'm I, I help people out, but only to show them, look what I can do. <laughs> you know, a new hunter comes in, he's got his golden gun. Oh, yeah? Did you know you could do this? Wave of exploding knives across the field. <laughs> uh, it's the little things that make me... So, Respawn. All the moaning, the complaining, the the bullying that you've done over the many months, weeks, years Never of Bungie employees, Cosmo, and DMG. They, they finally have... listened to you. They've passed along to the team. They have passed it along to the team, and the team have reacted, going, we don't know who this respawn is, but we'll do it for him. They did. They've finally given you what you wanted. Have they now? Well, let, let, let's, let's see. What, what was, what's on the top of your list to have done? What, what was the thing that you've moaned about quite consistently? Oh, my God. Uh, removing elements from armors. That's one of them. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it's that one. Look at that! He got in and won. What? Where? I don't see that anywhere. <laughs> well, they haven't removed the elements from the armors, but what they've removed is the abilities to put different mods. You know that you have to put like void mods. You have to have hand cannons, sniper rifles, and all that jazz. Yeah. Yeah. And they're locked to the void. Well, now yeah. they're not going to be locked to the void come November tenth. <laughs> oh, that's dope. And also, what they're also going to do is take away any basic version of that mod that you've got. And they're just going to replace it with whatever the enhanced version is. And that enhanced version is just going to be the standard mod. So if you've got standard hand cannon targeting and enhanced hand cannon targeting, it's just going to be one thing now, at the same as what it would be for the enhanced. The, okay. the, the, the cost of it is going to be different. But some of the elemental abilities are still going to be tied to, or the uh, elemental affinities are still going to be tied to Void, Solar, and Arc. So, like, the Paragon mods, the uh, um, Grenade mods, things like that are still going to be tied to certain things. We're a little over a month out from Beyond Light. 33 days, to be precise. That was the other day that was on the... So it's 31 days as we record, and probably 28 days by the team you heard this oh, so yeah. which is one standard halloween from now and one standard february from the day this is released <laughs> we have quite a bit to cover between now and then from sandbox updates to how your various economies are being updated sandbox is always a hot topic of discussion and today we'll be diving a bit deeper into the ways that you can customize your gameplay experiences through armor mods armor mods are used to elevate your reload speed ability regen and more to higher levels 
In November, some of the mods you are commonly used are being tuned. Some mods will be buffed, while others will be removed altogether. So if you have a hand cannon loader, you can put that on anything. Fusion rifle ammo finder, put it on anything. Doesn't matter, doesn't have to match. And as a result of this change, all of your arced charged with light mods now activate their second perk if you have any other arc mod equipped on any single piece of armor, or if you have any arc charged with light mods socketed in any other piece you're even wearing. So you no longer have to try to play the mix and match game of make sure this is attuned to this, this is affinity to that. It just works. You put you put anything weapon facing on anything at all. Affinities don't matter anymore. So the developer commentary for this is removing the energy type requirements from the weapon focus mods has been a constant piece of community feedback from Respawn since Armour 2.0 launched. So right. what they're actually going to do is what I've said. They're going to actually remove the standard versions and just replace everything with the enhanced versions. And I'm not sure how that's going to work. If you've got like a standard version, I think it's just going to be unlocked that you now have the enhanced version because those weapon mods are just going to be there. So it says, as a result, those enhanced mods have been deprecated and the base mods energy costs have been adjusted upwards slightly, but are still lower than the equivalent enhanced mods, which is nice. So some mods have been moved to different slots to create more competition for mod slots across armor pieces. For example, fast ready mods have been moved to arm sockets. Yeah, and basically the developer commentary essentially says people didn't use the normal mods because it feels like it would take two of them or have to stack them to be useful at all. So they said, well, let's get rid of the old ones. Everything is now an enhanced armor mod. It does basically the, the same enhancement it would give you as the enhanced mod. That's now your standard mod. Let's get rid of anything that's not an enhanced mod, which also fixes the problem of having way too many mods every time you open the thing because everything had two versions of the mods, the regular and the enhanced. So we've got rid of all those. And now you don't have to stack your mods because they all just do, you know, you get more of that mod every time you put it on. So yeah, this is going to really upset. This is going to make your builds, though, you know? Well, I mean, that's what uh, I was thinking. This is going to upset Fallout because he's only just done those do these mods stack video, didn't he, a couple of weeks ago. Now, he's either going to have to go back and do that that whole investigation again or they're not going to be able to stack and it's just going to be one mod does this, one mod does that. But again, it's more content for those guys, more content for us to then, you know, say watch this because it proves this. So, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I have to care so much about what you know, what the affinities are, which, you know, like everyone in Respawn has been screaming since the beginning, this was an extra burden you didn't need, and now they agree with you and have taken it away. And now we're about to make Respawn sad. So, Why are you doing to me today, man? We're going to make you sad, but then we're going to cheer you up a little bit. Because you're nothing if not a roller coaster of emotion. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll rage quit. It'll be great. That's why people listen and love us. Uh-huh. So, You've been saying for quite some time with raid mods, haven't you, about different things. So starting in Season 12, The Last Wish, Garden of Salvation, and the upcoming Beyond Light raid, armor mods will now drop with a fifth slot. So this is dedicated armor slot that is exclusive for the mods that are related to that raid. Right. Last Wish and Garden of Salvation armor acquired prior to Season 12 will not have this dedicated armor slot. But it'll still be able to use the mods that are related to that raid in the new Legacy Armor mod slots. So anything that you've got that's... It may be power level 13, 60, mm -hmm. but it's not going to have that slot until See, after the raid. 
so Fuzzco finds out about this. He's been he's been snatching up raid armor. But, I can't even believe, dude. I mean, I, I have as well. I've been saving them from the ones that I've actually been doing. I'm thinking, you know, I'll take this and keep this, and and I can see their overall picture for this. So we'll get past that. So anti-taken mods from the last wish will only function in the last wish. So that means they will not work when you go and do the um, Shattered Throne. The or Gambit. Anti-Hive mods from the Leviathan raid will be deprecated, and anti-Fallen raid mods from the Scourge of the Past will also be deprecated. So this is probably to stop people from taking what they've been doing, is farming and getting these mods available to put on the raid armor now to then use for the next new raid, which is more than likely going to be Fallen. So people were doing the raids for like the last couple of months and hoping that they get those armor mods to drop from just doing that sparrow race in the scourge of the past i I mean i wish bungie would have told us when they did the you know the update of the loot with the the amount of raids that you can do you know the the loot's just been quadrupled you can just get x amount of loot out of it and people started farming them i wish they told us then that there's no point in trying to farm for those mods i think that's where they this is where they upset a lot of people because they're not open at that point where they're saying, right, these raids you can farm now, but just be aware, don't be too concerned about farming for these armor mods because they will be deprecated. You will not be able to take them further. It it would have made more sense to say it there and then rather than kind of get two or three months down the line to say this because they obviously had this in mind for building what what they've come out with, like Parody said. They've deprecated the anti-taken mods from The Last Wish so that they only function in the last wish, so that you can't use them as Shattered Throne, you can't use them in Gambit. Because who hates like uh, an enemy invader that's just got unlimited like heavy ammo? They just come in and they just terrorize you. Because they've got those anti-taken mods on their armor, they're then getting the benefits from just every time they get a taken kill, they get heavy to drop, they come over, they invade you, and it's just like non-stop onslaught. So when they're making the improvements to Gambit next season, they've had to take these out of the game or make them not work on those specific game modes and things because they're just they're making it easier for people to burn the bosses down. They're making it easier for people to come in and just completely wreck other teams in Gambit. So I think this is kind of it's making it better, isn't it, for everybody across the board? But I think things like that they should have just like explained it maybe way back when. You're right, they should have explained it, but there is a possibility, and I know I'm playing Devil's Advocate, and this is not like me, but there is a chance Bungie didn't even know they were going to do this back then. It's, it, it sounds like me, in their developer commentary, essentially says, these mods have been pr- problematic in Gambit, creating a clear divide between the haves and the have-nots, and have significantly reduced the challenge of dungeons. And they also talk about it basically being a nightmare for the sandbox team, because every time they build something new in the sandbox, they have to think, well, what if you run in with a thousand heavy bricks? What if you run in with these mods on that just allow you to tear through something with, you know, insert name of heavy weapon here that's perfect for this encounter? So I think this is, you know, just like everything had a stomp mechanic because we were overpowered super gods with our invulnerability before. I think this is another thing of, well, we don't have heavy ammo synths. This was sort of the way to the heavy ammo synth. You could just have unlimited heavy and activity and made things much easier and just something. Eat your super, so. Yeah. 
So, I mean, I think it's it, it's just, you know, in trying to balance this game out. And again, they're taking this chance to sort of rebuild Destiny. I mean, this is Destiny 3. Let's let's just be clear. This is Destiny 3. This is the new version of this game coming out, even though the same number's on the box. Right, so I yeah. think making this big, you know, this big step to say, if, if we're going to do this, let's do this now. Let's do it while we're sunsetting content, we're taking weapons away, we're making these massive changes. You know, basically your vault's getting blown up again, the tower's getting blown up, it all goes away. Well, let's do these broad strokes now. Well, everything else is chaos versus, you know, this season your weapons go away. Oh, next season this happens. Next, you know, as opposed to taking, taking, taking one big cataclysmic event, like between the Destiny 1 and Destiny 2, here are the big changes. But yeah, I would, if I were farming for all these things, thinking, oh, I've got these down, great. Yeah, I'd be a little upset about that. Hmm. I mean, I only managed to get a few, I think a few of the mods, like the Taken ones and the um, fallen ones from from my limited amounts of runs but i can imagine the people that have put x amount of time into doing that sparrow race over and over again and try to get the sparrow and to get the mods because they're not easy to drop and they only drop once a week on each character so you can only do three runs a week so people that have been trying to do this every week i really do sympathize with you it's alleviated some of the pressure off of me to think i've still got to do that because i want to get those mods to then hopefully help me in the raid coming up but now i don't have to do that so it's taken some of the pressure off of that but I, as i said i wish i'd have known that a couple of months back but this is the part where we make respawn a little bit more happier all armor released in beyond light and season 12 all last wish and garden salvation armor acquired starting in season 12 and all armor 2.0 exotic armor pieces including those that you already possess will have a combat style mod socket so this is an additional socket. So this is for anything that's coming in Beyond Light, Season 12, and anything past that. Anything that you get in Season 12 for Last Wish and Garden of Salvation, and all your exotics that you currently own will have a fifth slot. So in Season 12, this slot will accept all Charge with Light and Warmind Cell mods. So everybody that's been saying, why haven't exotics been given this extra mod slot so that we could put charge with light and do our charge with light builds? Exactly. You're now getting it. Huzzah! Thank, Thank you. So, so oh. the only armor you have right now, today in October, that will have these new mod slots on them are your exotics. Just to be right. clear, the only thing you have right now are all of your armor 2.0 exotics. And I make that differentiation because I'm sure Night Demon and others have Armor 1.0 exotics sitting in their vault still. So any Armor 2.0 exotics will have this new mod slot. If you've got Last Wish or Garden of Salvation armor, that will not be getting the new combat mod slot. You'll have to re-earn them in November. And then any armor released in Beyond Light in November will have this new mod slot. That's all. Just wanted to put a fine point on that because there's always a question of, will this armor get it? Will this armor get it? No. Just your exotics. Nothing else you have right now. All armor 2.0 armor acquired during seasons 8 to 11 have had their seasonal mod sockets replaced with a single unified legacy mod slot that can socket all charge with light mods, all war mine cells, and all nightmare hunt mods, all garden of salvation mods, and all last wish mods. And with that, we've come to the end of our armor mod patch note preview. In the coming weeks, we'll shift our focus to your arsenal. We have a handful of weapon archetypes that are being tuned with some hefty changes that may surprise you. So stay tuned. Respawn very unhappy about whatever they're going to nerf this go around. <laughs> Guys, I think, I think 
the time of the 600 RPM auto rifle is at an end. Oh no! I'm, I'm pretty sure this is this is the time when our gnawing hungers will have to go back on the vault and remain hungry because I think I think this is where the hammer's coming down on those. Mm. I'm not sure, but it sure seems like that's been the one that people haven't been complaining about necessarily, but that definitely seems to be the dominant archetype, and you know what Bungie does to dominant archetypes. Well, they did say that they weren't going to bring it down, but that that doesn't mean that they're not going to bring up other archetypes. Maybe for 50 archetype auto-rifles that they're throwing at us for the next couple of weeks with Festive of the Lost, maybe? There's there's two auto-rifles that you may just be able to acquire that are 450. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see in the snow with the certain uh, certain scopes on them. Mm-hmm. Exactly, and they've just had their light brought up. So, I think subtly they try and tell us these things. I mean, subtly on the last couple of weeks, I think there's Twitter and twelve posts of saying that the one ten hand cannons isn't very subtle, but they've kind of prepared us for the one tens. And I think this subtle hint of the four fifty RPM auto rifles may bring them up slightly to be more in line with what the 600s are. So it gives you a few more possibilities. Just throwing it out there. Could be. Yeah. I was just, I was trying to go back and think of their, you know, what's, what's the thing that's been you know, running rampant and making people scream and shout. And it's been, you know, the, the hard light got its, got its hit, but the 600 RPM auto rifles are just, or that's, that's the thing this season, which I've been perfectly happy with. But everyone has embraced the love of the 600 RPM auto rifle. But yeah, it's 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 coming for us. Mm. I don't know. If I'm being honest, we've had auto rifles be the meta for a while now. I'm just I'm kind of wanting the freaking um, scout rifles to come back, man. Because I have a lot of really nice scout rifles that I really enjoy that you just can't use because they're outdone by auto rifles. Yeah. yeah, I think that's probably the surprise that we're they're talking about, isn't it? It'll be hand cannons. Don't worry. <laughs> Are you Hoffman now in the car? Because I need to know this. No, I haven't moved. No. Why? It sounded, like, it sounded a bit more like confined, like you've thrown yourself in a broom cupboard. Uh, because I've trapped myself in the bedroom away from a screaming baby. Ah. Okay. So, we have a few things that are going on. We have the Festival of the Lost art and fashion shows. So, for, for the fashion show, take your screenshot of your Guardian where your Festival of the in any activity or any destination and tweet it to Bungie with the hashtag FOTL Fashion Show, Festival of the Lost Fashion Show, and they'll retweet the winners from their Bungie Twitter feed at the end of the event, and uh, you'll get the Levante Prize emblem before it goes away. And the art show, uh, same thing, tweet them with FOTL Art Show as a hashtag, Festival of the Lost Art Show, and they will also retweet the winners and you'll get your fancy aspect of luminance emblem you can show off to your friends before that one goes away mm-hmm. so they don't say when you know do it quickly do it now do it while you're thinking about it they don't say do it by this particular time but i i'm assuming by tuesday i feel like is when they usually retweet these things tuesday is when these things end from the thursday twop but yeah so don't delay do it now possibly so these will be serve as your last chance to get the aspects of Luminance and Levante prize emblems from year three. And as we went over, I think it was last week, they are now changing the emblems in the future. We may use these emblems as rewards again in the future, but they'll be on hiatus for a while. So without further ado, get to it. Time's ticking. Extra points to any submissions that visibly creep us out. 
And talking about creepy crawlies, here's Respawn. I mean, parody. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, you creeped me out, but I I wanted to go to parody. All right. So we have, you know, our our player support team is out there breaking things, telling us things, passing things along. Uh, They've got a couple notes about the Season of Arrivals title. Uh, due to the Cradle Encounter's weekly rotation, it is possible for players to miss the encounter before the end of the Season of Arrivals if they have not already completed it. This was also prevent players from earning the Season of Arrivals title. So players who are looking to complete the title should, should ensure they have enough time to complete all the triumphs before the end of the season. Players who are in the Season of Arrivals title should claim and equip it to ensure it isn't removed at the end of the season. So... Not so much a fix there, more just a reminder of if this is a thing you want to do, make sure you do it before the season ends. And when does that happen? Well, to prepare for the release of Beyond Light and Season of Redacted on November 10th, 2020, Destiny 2 will be offline in order to prepare for update 3.0.0. So when is it going offline? When do you have to get things done by? Well, players are strongly urged strongly urge to finish any Season of Arrivals content or Triumphs and claim them before 7pm on November 9th. So, Seattle, US Pacific Time, 7pm. US Eastern folks, that's 10pm for us on November 9th. Night Demon, UTC London folks, you have until 3am on November 10th. And Andy and GDAD, you have until 2pm on November 10th in Sydney, Australia time to get this done. That's when Bungie is strongly urging you to finish all activities because then your game goes offline. And it will be <gasps> offline from 7 p.m. Pacific to 9 a.m. Pacific. So that's a, a big chunk of time. That's, you know, over, t- over 12 hours. That's 14 hours estimated of downtime. So you know how these things go. It could be another couple hours. So I'm saying don't take November 10th off work. Take like the 12th or 13th off work. Don't, I don't even know what days those are, if those are work days, but don't try to get on this day one. You know, yeah. it's going to be a while. This is again, this is destiny three. It's a huge rollout. And they'd also like to remind you, get these things done before the end of the season up to and including the prophecy dungeon, which will be back later next season, but it is going away so they can do whatever fixes they have to do in the background to bring it back. Your ruinous effigy quest, your traveler's chosen quest, the Seed of Silverwings, Seasonal Artifact, and the Power Increase go away. And any of your unopened Umbral Ingrams, well, those go away too. And they will have a full list that will be removed at the end of the season, linked from the TWAB here. And I'm sure, in great depth as we get closer, we will be bringing you the full list, because we have British Dad, who likes to give you all the information. But just remember, if it's Season of Arrivals, it all goes away at the end of Beyond Light. If it's something you're trying to do on one of our many planets, it goes away. And speaking of going away, PC folks, you have moved to Steam. You gotta move to Steam, guys. If you're still on Battle.net for some reason, bad things are going to happen to you. So, for some reason, if you're still on Battle.net, the transfer process will no longer be available starting December 1st, 2020. Any Destiny 2 PC players who have not migrated their license from Battle.net to Steam, will no longer be able to do so on December 1st. PC players, migrate to Steam. You have until December 1st, where you won't be able to migrate anymore. 
And at that point, bad things happen. Players in the state are encouraged to start our PC migration process. If your player has undergone progress on Steam and chooses to undergo the PC migration, any content on Steam will be overwritten when you migrate your Battle.net content. This means that all characters and progress data on Steam will be deleted and replaced from your Battle.net stuff. This cannot be undone. So if for some reason you didn't migrate your Battle.net account over to Steam and you go to migrate it now, it's going to delete what you have on Steam. If you migrated back a million years ago when you should have, you can ignore this and be fine. But just be aware, if you've been putting it off for some reason, you have until December 1st. And as always, we've got known issues. Because what, what would we be without our known issues, guys? Honestly here. Uh, we're aware of an issue where the Candy Collected Emblem Tracker isn't tracking candy collected in 2020. <laughs> so unlike Nightteam with his 2,500 Iron Banner, Iron Burden kills, you can't collect the candy and show it on your tracker because it may not track it. They even were investigating an issue where Aerosporn's dialogue and subtitles are not appearing for Korean players in the final interference mission. So if you're not getting there, you get nothing. It's a silent film now. You have to you have to impart from her acting what she's trying to tell you. We're investigating an issue where cipher decoders are just not dropping often for players. They're just not. You just don't get them. We've buff you know buff the amounts, you just don't get them at all. No, but I think they've buffed it since then. Well, they claim they're investigating an issue, so maybe they are, maybe they aren't. We are aware of an issue where the Masquerader's helmet has inconsistent power levels when acquired from Eva. Aha! And we are aware of an issue where gear can sometimes drop at 750 power from the Haunted Forest chests. I've seen this one. And that is our list of issues. As always, we'll link the new issues link in the show notes. If you're having an issue you think is an issue, to Bungie over and over again, scream about it, send them clips, send them video. Yeah, so uh, inconsistent masquerader's helmet. Yep, got that one. And 750 power from the Haunted Forest chest. Got that one too. So good job, everyone. We've done good work here. Yay! Respawn, that's the end of the twab. It's the end of the twabby. I love it. Twab, 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 I think at the end of the twelve, we should have a little celebration that we've made it to the end of the twelve this week because we have we have a giveaway. Do we? We do have a giveaway. I was contacted by friend of the show and guest of the show, Blue Screen Forty Two. So welcome to Benevolent Blues, Benevolent Hue giveaway. That was worth it just for the sigh. Right? Oh, God. <laughs> and the follow-up. Nice. Uh, <laughs> has, has given us a benevolent hue code to give away. You may remember him from such episodes as 32, where he brought his raccoon friends. And most recently, episodes 77 and 78. So... The benevolent hue code, if you remember from last week, is the lovely, you know, pinkish, kind of glitchy one, looks sort of Halloween-y. You get it from ordering your ghost heart pin from the bungee store. Well, he has an extra code he's decided to give to us to give away. So I said, what do we want people to do to get this, you know, benevolent hue emblem? So what I want is you to email the show, two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com, and tell me the last time you laughed your head off while playing Destiny. 
what stupid thing did you do? What stupid thing did you witness? What made you drop your controller or smash your keyboard from laughing so hard? What's the best time you've had recently in Destiny 2? Tell me your stories. We'll read them. We'll pick a winner. We'll send you the hue code next week. So yeah, you have Respawn, you can't have it. You can't enter. No, no, no. I've already got it. Um, so, so we we will we'll put this. This the show comes out Tuesday. You have until I'll say you have until uh, I'll say until we record next week. You have until <laughs> I'll say Saturday morning, ten a.m. Eastern. So you have until ten a.m. Eastern on Saturday, the seventeenth of October. And at that point, we'll uh, we'll pick a winner. We'll send you the code, and uh, you can have a good good time. Uh, we will probably read your stories if they are good. If for some reason you don't want us to read your story, tell us about it. But yeah, email the show two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com and tell me your story about the last time you laughed in Destiny, and we'll send you a benevolent hit code. It doesn't have to be the last time that you laughed, right? The last time you laughed might not necessarily be the best story or the best time that you right, laughed. Experience. Yeah, no, just just tell me a time you have laughed in Destiny. It doesn't yeah. have to be one. It could be in Vault of Glass. It could be any old time you want. Just give me a story about you laughing your heads off with friends in Destiny 2. That's all we're looking for. I think one of my favorite parts in Destiny 2 is um I had I had been um again, you're not entering. No, no, no. No, 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 no. But this is just a story cuz it involves people to inspire uh, them. <laughs> I, I had been in in contact with Night, Night Demon a few times, and we'd played together a few times and whatnot like that, right? But we didn't know each other like we do now after a year and a half of podcasting, right? So he was in the beginning, he was real posh and real, real, you know, real British dad ish, right? And then we were uh, playing an event. I forgot what it was. I think it was PvP. I don't even know. I'm not even gonna guess. I can't remember what we were doing because it was overshadowed by the first time I ever heard him cuss. And it wasn't just like a cuss word. No, British Dad let out a slew of derogatory comments that would make anybody blush. Uh, but yeah, so the very first time you heard, I heard British Dad curse, it wasn't even just like a one-off. It was a paragraph of profanities that i was just like what what the hell was that dude oh, i was laughing so hard and then after that you know come to find out it's a pretty common thing so but that first that first british dad i lost my mind moment was hysterical yeah so share us share us your stories we'll give you a lovely emblem right now is it time for some some builds some guides I can, yeah, I could do some tips, tricks, guides, and builds before we get to our section. Alrighty. So I've got a few tips and tricks to kind of go over with you guys. And a few of the things that I've written down just to remind people that potentially you could help you with going into Beyond Light. So saving exotic engrams in your postmaster, if you can, before Beyond Light, because they give you a chance at getting the new hotness, the new exotics, when we go into Beyond Light. So in previous seasons, that's what's happened. You've been able to open them, although they've been capped at whatever the power level is. So they'll be capped at 1060 when you open them or whatever light equivalent you are at that time. But you'll be able to open them and potentially get new exotics. And the same thing from season pass. So the season pass that we've got currently now, if you haven't taken the exotics off of it, leave them on. Because next season, you can go back to the Bungie.net page 
and go on your previous season's pass and click to redeem like whatever you've left on there. So like glimmer, um, shards, even armor to kind of power level yourself up. But the exotics, you should be able to bring those forward. They should be able to kind of then give you a, a chance at getting the new hotness. Um, also with that, keep in mind, if you're still got the previous season's pass on the bungie.net page now, go back and check now because you won't be able to bring two seasons pass forward, if you know what I mean. you There is a drop down box you can select last season. Um, I'm forgetting what last season was called, uh, guys. Do you remember? Was it Season of Worthy or was that the one before? Yes, last season was Season of the Worthy. It was. Okay. Everybody called it Season of Worthless. So, yeah. So there'll be Season of the Worthy that you can drop down if you've still got exotics and armor pieces, glimmer, whatever on there. Make sure that you clear them out for the end of the season and check on all three characters as well because sometimes that you will find that it, you may have got like even if you haven't been running those characters those characters still get the rewards from that track so go and check that and then keep this season's pass items like the exotics for next season to go back and collect also start doing weekly bounties so the ones that give you the bigger amount of bright dust those rotate weekly normally so say with the vanguard ones you can pick up ones at the moment this week that will give you you have to do three strikes and kill a taken boss the the next week it'll change and it'll be one for uh, kill a fallen boss and get three strikes some weeks it'll be get 150 solar kills and kill fallen they vary so you do have multiple times that you can pick those up they give you 200 bright dust and a big you know substantial xp boost so See if you can go around and do like all the weekly ones. And what I found that sometimes is better is to log on on the Tuesday before reset and grab like the previous week's bounties if you still haven't done those. And then after reset, grab the new ones because then you can double up, say, on the Vanguard one. Sometimes you only have to do the three strikes for that week and you've got like six bounties already complete going forward. So you can do that with Gambit. Sometimes the Gambit ones don't change as often. But the Crucible ones do as well. Um, so you do have a potential for the next four or five weeks of getting quite a lot of XP gains. And then what you can kind of maybe do is clear out your quests so that you can fit more of these bounties on to then build up more XP for when you go into Beyond Light. After you do the first couple of missions and you've unlocked whatever the artifact is, you can then put on a ghost and and maybe do like into a private crucible match and get the extra 10 percent xp gain whilst doing that because the ghosts are changing and then then redeem all your kind of bounties on that character and that give you a quite a substantial boost on your season pass for next season which will then unlock various different things and get you going a lot quicker and hopefully you know you'll get some armor pieces out of that you'll get the exotic you'll get whatever they've got on the tracks so i don't know yet so I thought that was just a few tips that you can kind of use for that. Cheese Forever this week has got a double cipher decoder chess glitch. Now, if you weren't aware of this, this is when you get to the end of the Haunted Forest, there is a kind of time delay from when you open the chest with the cipher decoder. You can literally open a chest, move to the next one and use the same cipher decoder. He goes over it in his video of what to do, but it kind of just 
gives you an extra chance at opening more chests and saving your, your, your decoders. So that still works at the moment, unlike the one that he put out at the beginning of the week with the Spira Stars. Um, our friend Froggy has contacted us just to point out that he's got another cool video this week. And I believe Cheese Forever has also put out one referencing Froggy. And there's a Reddit post that goes along with it because there's a lot of theories behind what this is. Apparently, there's a secret room in the Haunted Forest. Uh, this requires you to kind of Titan fly to this point. Uh, I think you can kind of sword glide to it as well. But it, essentially, it's like a uh, endurance test track thing. If you have you guys seen this yet? I have. There's like a secret obstacle course. That's high it. Haunted forest. That seems to be like a fully fleshed out like environment, but it's like super, super above the haunted forest. Hmm. And that they said that this was something that was in the Haunted Forest last year, but they weren't able to get to it last year, or maybe somebody did and just didn't kind of bring it up. But this has been built into the game, so maybe this is something that's coming later on, or maybe this was something that was meant to be in this season, but because of the change with Beyond Light, they weren't able to implement it, so they've kind of hidden it high up. So maybe it'll come next season. Or maybe it's for something else further on down the line, like we had with the Revelry with the different changes. So if you're interested in this and all the different secrets that are going along with that, Froggy's got a video for you for that. And this week, Crazy Mr. Pips has got a Hunter Super Regen setup build for you for PvP. That's one for you, Respawn. Because I know I, some weeks I feel a bit guilty that I don't try and cover the Hunters or the Warlocks as much, only because I think... It seems to be that people kind of put out a lot more Titan builds and a lot more Warlock builds. Um, we did have quite a period of doing a lot of Hunter builds. I think they'll be okay. Yeah, it'd be fine. But yeah, if you want a good super regen build for PvP, Crazy Mr. Pips has got that for you. And Cool Guy has got a one-shot melee Warlock build for you if you're a Warlock. And I left out Titans this week. Uh, Bravex Hero has continued his Masterclass on movement so i've included all three of these for you for mastering titan warlock and hunter movement three different videos for you for that i think we did highlight i think it was the hunter one a couple of months back but he's now finished off the warlock and the titan movements so again this would help any new player coming into the game or any veteran player that maybe wants to pick up a few tips and tricks of how to kind of improve their movement uh, Patricate Gamers has again gone on and done another good video this week. Why top PvP players are consistently good with hitting their headshots, and explains and breaks it down for you for anybody who wants to improve their accuracy. Plunder the Booty has got the best Warlock build for easy nightfall. So this is similar to the one that he did last week with his Titan build. This is one with a Warlock. Hopefully he'll get to Hunters next week because we all want to do those nightfalls and do those Master nightfalls to get the achievements. So this is one for you, Warlocks. And Drewski has got a could freehand grip be viable on shotguns. So another one of these, does this work and is this viable? And finishing off, I wanted to kind of go back over last week's clan mention, the Cage Spicy Ramen Runners for PC and Xbox. We will still include those in the notes from our good buddy there, Arf. Thank you very much. And if you do have a clan that you want to highlight, um, please contact us and let us know. I think Arf's had enough of his share of clans being spotlighted. Far too many. 
and don't forget all the other useful links that are in our show notes for different things. So that you've got Lord Tyrannus's Europa Weapon Guide, you've got the Cosmodrome.page, Lowly Devs, the Destiny Podcast. If you enjoy listening to Destiny Podcasts and people rambling on about how much they love Destiny, there's more. There's more of us out there. There are a lot more of us. Uh, or you got... could just listen to our back catalogue. You could. You could. Uh, yeah, and you've got all the links to other things like Little Light and other exciting things. Yes, the parts of Destiny that should be in Destiny but are not. So I guess it's time for our fast lore. Okay. So yeah, so so I was looking at these this week, and I even you know half diligently went to Ishtar Collective Arf. Because I said, oh, we, we have we have two new exotics with names of people that I had not seen before, possibly because I'm not paying attention, and possibly because they're actual new names. So we had as I scroll to get the actual name of the thing. So we you're talking about uh, Bacris and Arthris. I am, yes, yeah. So we have the two hunter exotics, the mask of of Bacris, and then the 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 gauntlets of either is now is it Arthris or is it Athris? Because Milan Games pointed out, you know, Bungie spells it two different times, you know, two different ways, depending on if it's in the trailer on the site. So is it Athris or Arthris is Embrace? Do we know that first? Uh, that one is completely unknown. That's uh, news to me. Now, the Bacris one is a bit different story. There's been a bit of theory crafting going on in the background. Just from the look of the helmet, this, this is not in law. This is all theory. That it could be some famous fallen captain by the way by the look of the actual helmet that somebody's actually got his face or a fate part of his head and actually made it and grafted it onto a hunter helmet <laughs> this no this this purely goes with the four eyes and the actual makeup of the face and it, they're, they're, just, they're just saying it looks fallen yeah and it gives you is there any any thought about it giving you the hunter ability to blink that you know shift ability i would have thought it would have been something more you know, magical than fallen, but um, like I said, it's all no, that's, there, there is no uh, apart from what we've seen they can do on the trailers. There's no other information out there currently to actually prove or disprove anything. So the so the theories are, are running wild at the minute, and some of them are just so outlandish it's just not worth actually saying anything about them. That's that's the most credible one I can actually I've seen, and to be honest, it does kind of look fallen on there. Uh, with the four eyes and the actual rebreather at the front of the mouth. So it's not Cade's secret alter ego, Bacris? Or Nocris's brother, Bacris? <laughs> oh, Nocris's brother was Oryx. And Bacris, the one they don't talk about. Yes. Well, no, that, that was Nocris. <laughs> Maybe it's Savathun in disguise again. Ah, uh, possibly. He put it. Well, that the similar things happened with the, um, the Crown of Sorrows. Pray tell. Well, that's that's who created the crown. Okay, it was uh, it was Callus that put it on his champion, who then actually got taken over by the curse that uh, Savathun put in the actual helmet. Ah, oh, okay. But if you actually go, there's videos of people actually going inside the helmet and seeing the symbol of Savathun in the actual helmet itself. Ah, so when you kill the raid boss at the end, when it tumbles on the floor, yeah, I, yeah, I've been trapped in there, but I haven't actually looked at it. But, oh, okay, that's interesting to know. Any more questions while we're on the questions? 
I think there was a couple. Um, yes, there was some new law drop this week. Um, Respawn was asking, he's still there, Respawn? He's still dealing with the screaming baby. Screaming baby. <laughs> uh, basically, there, there's there's some new law drop this week. Uh, entitled it's web law again, so we can put the the link in the show notes. Yep. Entitled, they're not coming. It's a discussion between Zavala and Ikora, basically on the fact of the people who we've tried to evacuate from the pre the, from the planets, the champions, or the or in your case, the world vendors, are not coming back because they've been together so long. Zavala's almost having a crisis of conscience. So you have Sloan, deputy commander of the Vanguard, who gets a golden age mech suit and takes on the um pyramid takes ships. on the pyramid ships yes um head on then we have ashamir went in the pyramid in and dived into a lake of radiolarian fluid to uh stop the pyramid ships going for, into the pyramidian you got brother vance who went into the uh, infinite forest to actually cl- lock it close from the inside to stop the pyramid ships gaining access to that and then you have anna bray who is the only one that's actually going back to the tower with the remains of Rasputin. When we did the evacuation quest and the final part of that to get the Travellers Chosen, a lot of this was kind of reiterated back to Zavala, wasn't it? He told, it was, us, yeah. he told us that, you know, Asher was doing this, Brother Vance was doing this, he was crazy, and then so-and-so. So, yeah, I think, but I don't think it was explained as in-depth as this law piece that you that's now just been released, well, is it? No, it's a basically. I'm just going to read the first couple of paragraphs. Mm-hmm. They're not coming. Those words have a, have finality when said aloud. An indirect farewell. Zavala can't quite see Ikora's expression in the muted reflection from his office window, but he can hear the disappointment in her voice. Beyond the glass, the city seems agnostic to the tempest of emotions. Ships soar through the night sky. Lights glitter against the dark, and the traveller looms silently. I know is Zavala's belated reply. He watches as Ikora's reflection reaches towards him, but he's still surprised when he feels the weight of her hand against his shoulder. I want to commend them for their bravery, he says, confiding in her, but I'd prefer they were here to berate them for their foolishness. Ikora wordlessly squeezes Zavala's shoulder in response before standing beside him at the window. I remember when you... When you and I felt invincible, when our ghosts felt invincible, when we could lay the, the foundation for the future with our bare hands. But now it's different. The list of names to memorize gets longer by the day, she says, watching the deb- debris slowly orbit the traveller. We've said goodbye to too many friends over the years. And that kind of actually sets the tone for this whole law piece. Right. It's almost Ikora trying to pull Zavara out of Zavala out a bit of a from what I, my take on a bit of a depression, he's he's seen he's seen too many friends die, uh, especially with with one of his closest friends, as in uh, Cade in the Forsaken. Yeah, and with the other three, say basically gone off to either well, it hasn't been confirmed they're dead, but it's just been presumed they are not coming back. Yeah, yeah, because he was he's. I mean, he was quite closed about Cade, he wasn't. He was more like, more, we've got to go and do this. We've got to stick to the book. We've got to do that. And he, he didn't kind of open up about that. And no, I think and he, it's, 
it's almost like he didn't grieve properly for the loss of his friend. No. And he, he, I think that's why he relied on Sloan, wasn't it? As the deputy yeah. that she'd just be there to hold, kind of bolster him up. But now she's going to go off and do this. And I think that's kind of made. And him... in, even even in the interference mission, uh, interference mission law, there was said that uh, Sloan had fought side by side with Zavala since the uh, war was built. Yeah. So that gives you an indication of how long their friendship has lasted. So he's lo he's lost even more close friends and he's he's struggling yeah. it's almost showing a very much softer side to zavala than we've seen previously and i think if she'd have come back to the tower it it wouldn't have kind of showed that softer side i think it that would have just kind of bolstered him up to be this is the right thing we need to kind of stand fast take it on the chin and and do as the vanguard do but yeah yeah respawn also asked uh it references some mass murderers in here now, my only thing is the one mass murder I can think of is straight away is Rasputin with the killing of the Iron Lords. Right. Plus, if you've if you've read the Kraken Mare book, he also Rasputin also killed a um, or shot out of the sky a shuttle with important information on it, but was also full of passengers. Oh, that's very nice of him. Yeah. So Rasputin is not the big protector you actually think he is. Or, or he wasn't. Has he now changed? I thought that's the the idea of what they they've kind of been leading towards is the fact that yes, he was this kind of omnipotent, ever watching yeah. savior. Or no, he he was a kind of monster to start off with, but over the years, I, I think, think he's then, then the way I've of... looked at it, he's, he's over the years he's gradually gained more and more sentience to the fact where he's actually developed a conscien consciousness. Sorry, right. conscience—that's the word I'm looking for. Uh, if you see in the in the end of the Bell um, Winter's Lie shotgun quest, yeah, where he actually shows remorse for killing him and the Iron Lords. So, but at, at the moment, all we know about other mass murderers in this um the only other person i can think of he's referring to is maybe the drifter well haven't the others kind of done mass murders on the scale of killing fallen and hive and cabal and vex you could say you could say that about us as well yeah and you could say that about the cabal and the fallen and the hive so exactly perspective is a is a massive thing here if you look at um if the cabal are looking at us and we've taken out so many of their people, they could, you're a mass murderer. Yeah. But we look at it as, as being defensive against, you know, other races coming in and trying to take us over. For, to us, they're the mass murderer. That's what I mean about perspective. Yeah. We, we, yes, we've killed, gone out and killed hundreds and thousands of fallen. Um, but from our perspective, I'm, I, we're a hero for, for actually doing that. But from their perspective, we're a, we're a demon yeah and i think that's where the darkness is now kind of coming into it and playing with our minds of you think you're the hero maybe you're not the hero kind of thing and tempting us to kind of go down a different path but maybe it this, is the right path is, but we started seeing this already back in the um i want to say joke as wild, but it's not called that what, what was it the um season of the drifter yeah where he started actually getting us to look at a darker side and actually walking the middle line 
to steal it from Star Wars, that's the, the, the grey Jedi that believes in the darkness and the light and walks the line between them. Yeah. Have I covered that now? What, the grey Jedi? Not on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> any more questions? I haven't got any. No. Hunter Master Race? No, I mean, I just, I just wish that they were more clear. You know, and and the mass murderer, I think, is also Rasputin because of what you were talking about earlier about him talking to Rasputin about partnering up in that one cutscene that we saw, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, I was confused more on the they're not coming moreover than I was the who's the murderer, mass murderer. You know what I mean? Yeah, I had to read it through a couple of times before I understood exactly what Zavala meant by they're not coming. Then I actually realized that he actually meant the particular one I think he's more hurt about is Sloan. And how did you come across it being Sloan, though? Because in, 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 in what I read, there was no context to Sloan. So how did you make the connection? Because of the lore in the interference missions and the evacuation quests for the Traveler's Chosen. It states then that she's fought with Zavala since the very beginning. Right, That's what okay. we were saying, that it's kind of unstabled him because she was kind of his second in command, that he's he's used her as his kind of rock. Not not officially, but unofficially, she's been there. She's always just been there for him. And now she's made this, this you know, decision to go off without him. It, it's destabilized what he actually thought and his views and and him personally. That's That's why he's now becoming a little bit more emotional for what he can actually be emotional on. But Bungie is very good about leaving a lot of the stories open for your own interpretation. They give you a, just enough in, information there to pique your interest and look into it more. Mm. And there's so many interpretations that you could actually fit into the story that for years, when they go from when they, when they talked about um, Judge and Yor, sorry, who is he? Who was he before? There were so many theories about who he actually was until they actually brought out he was actually Rez Lazir. Okay, Rez Lazir was always in the running, but they never actually came out and said that for many, many years. Hmm. Well, it just helps them keep all the different possibilities of where the story could be going or where the community yeah, exactly like the story to go. But they, they've always done a story well, even in Halo. Hmm. And it, it was like the other thing that you posted in the chat the other day that I that piqued my interest that I found quite interesting. It, just tell us what you said the other day. Sorry. Oh, that that was that was one of my. I've I've been listening to a lot of Lord very recently at work. So I've been doing long shifts, yeah. so because I have to wear ear defenders, I just wear my headphones underneath that and listen <laughs> to a lot of the Lord podcasts. Yeah. So I just posted in the chat. I actually posted this in quite a few chats, actually. And uh, it caused a bit of discussion out there because uh, I just listened to a section of the Books of Sorrow, which we may actually get to today, which were the section was Book 5, Verse 2. And that dealt with the Vex and the Hive. And uh, right. when Oryx took Koira, the blade transformed. Now, she managed before he took her, he managed to actually or she managed to actually um, simulate an Orash because she couldn't simulate the paracausality of the worm. So she managed to simulate Oryx, but in an earlier form. Right. Now, then he took her, 
as in made her taken, and mm-hmm. gifted her complete with the simulation inside to Savathun. So I just post in there, let's start with a what if. What if we haven't killed Oryx? What if we haven't even faced him yet? What if we have been facing off against Savathun all this time? That would be really exciting. I think that would oh, be... No, 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 no. I have killed these things. They are dead. They stay no, dead. I, I think that... Like... Don't come at me like this, bro. I think ever since the Taken King, people have said this, that you know Oryx hasn't been defeated. Even though we defeated him in the throne world or what was specifically meant to be his we, we may have killed oryx but not the oryx mm. that, that's what i find quite interesting and exciting if koira koira cora there's so many different ways to actually say that name um basically if she's still got this simulation inside of her now she's actually become paracausal herself my theory stems on then she's able to actually simulate Oryx with the paracausality and actually, instead of having an aura, a, sm- a little Aurash there, she's got an Oryx. So then we know simulations can come out of the Infinite Forest. So what's to say Savathun can't then take that simulation and bring it into the real world? This has already been hinted at in another piece of law that this is able to happen um, with the some of the new Pradeth law. Right. Um, so if that's happened then, what if what if Savathun's the only person to actually or only one of the hive gods to actually find our solar system and us? So she can't oppose us directly. Yeah. So she gets the simulation of Oryx and potentially a simulation of Crota as well. Wow. If she can do this. Yeah. And puts them in place and lets us face them directly instead of her. And that's still her attacking us, but still obeying her true nature. Yeah. And she's at that point, she's assessing what we can do as guardians and also drawing out our like allies, Champions. like the queen and, yeah. and her brother to find out what would happen if this did happen this is how powerful the guardians are at this point in time and this is who would rally to the cause of defending the reef defending earth and uh, she's kind of taken the queen out of the picture which would kind of go along with your theory has she because the uh we already know about the the queen and the sword logic and the bomb logic or logic of the bomb and the logic of the sword just go over that because i'm not entirely sure Right, sword logic is basically it's the theory of fi- the final shape. If the you, the best way to describe it, if you've seen, um, I can't think of the film name now. With Vin Diesel, uh, Bloodshot. No, no, it's older than that. It was where it's the second one. Pitch where Black. Pitch Black? Yes, the sequel to Pitch Black, where. Their theory is... Uh, Chronicles of Riddick. Chronicles of Riddick, that's it. And the theory behind that is you keep what you kill. So the more you kill, the more powerful you get. Right. And that takes you towards a final shape. Basically, you it's survival of the fittest. Yeah. Now, 
Mara had a different theology to this, which was the bomb logic. It's just as powerful as the sword logic, but in its elemental forms, you wouldn't know what it was until it's actually triggered. And the trigger for the bomb logic in Mara's case, for her to defeat, help defeat Oryx, was her being taken. Okay. And when he set off that bomb and took out the, um, the Awoken fleet, or sets, put, used his uh, paracausal weapon in the Dreadnought and took out the, the Awoken fleet, that was the trigger for her bomb logic. And that was the big thing for helping her defeat the sword logic and uh, find our way into guide us or find her way into the the ascendant plane which she had planned for with the um with her own throne world in there yes but in also drawing out the queen to do that if for say for say argument's sake it was savathun she's then drawn out the queen that's then made the dreaming city vulnerable for her to then attack as soon as they were taken she actually set up the curse and that yeah. was triggered that that was then triggered by us defeating riven yeah now this is why i love theory crafting on this it's it's <laughs> fascinating isn't it yeah so but it, it, your theory kind of does hold some kind of water the fact that if it was her that she's then drawn the queen away from the city for her to then attack the city take over Riven, then that's then triggered the curse for the repeating of the weeks over and over again. It, it, it kind of makes sense. Riven was already taken because Riven, okay. was, on the sh Riven was on the ship with Mara. Ah, okay. So as soon as Oryx used his weapon, he took, created all the Taken with, with Mara and the te Tekians. Yeah. Um, and she that's had why the we had with her, didn't she, at the time? That's the part of the reason for the um, uh, the witch's ritual strike. Is it that one that's on the Dreaming City? Yeah. We have to fight the Tekian back. Also, with the witches on the Last Wish Raid, you've got Shuro Chi, um, which you have to fight as well. They were originally Tekians. They're some yeah. of the top Tekians of Queen Hat, and they were taken in the same when the, when the fleet was destroyed. Well, then it's, it would make so much sense that it is um, Savathun. It would, but we've got absolutely no proof. <laughs> this is just one of my... On occasions, I do a very repetitive job. So um, occasionally when I'm listening to the law, I'll, I'll pick up on one, bit, one particular bit and come up with a bit of theory crafting like this. And I've got a pad at work that lives in the top of my toolbox. <laughs> and... <laughs> I get told off quite often because I'm actually they find me scribbling down some madcap theory that um, that I've I've come up with for the day. Now some of them get complete get proven completely wrong. Uh, I did have a theory on House of Rain, but that got proved completely wrong when we rescued um, uh, Saint Fourteen, where because he was fight he was battling the House of Rain, so that that proved proved me wrong completely on that one. Yeah. I'm happy to be proved wrong. I've not got a problem with that. <laughs> so this is the Books of Sorrow, Book 3, Verse 5. These were gained by collecting the calcified fragments in the Dreadnought. Dictata Dakua. Attention. Perimeter security units attend. Stand by to assimilate new imperatives. Gland 60 proof assimilation liquor or face immediate non-compliance taxation. 
that Akua Ministry of War is now online and true. In radial year 989, Groove 3, our clients in the Dakuan Nest salvage an interstellar spacecraft. Hull Isotope dates this craft's construction 24,000 years ago, around the same time the Fundament system dropped out of contact with our amiable Ecumen. Segment Spike Praga. Mercenary explorers, disposable class, discovered an organism frozen in stasis deep within the hull. She claims to be Teox, a member of a proto-hive species. During the debriefing, she provided full records of the fall of Ammonite civilization and vital intelligence about the motives, biology, and leadership of the hive. Negative reinforcement, bomb.axiom, 8x8, inflict. Over the past century, perimeter security units of Ecumen Status Army have failed to halt the hive incursion on 17 separate worlds. All species in the Ecumen face extinction. Positive reinforcement, reward dot axiom, inspire. Decapitate, defer, promote Dakua strategic dicta for victory against the hive. Identify supreme hive leadership organisms, Orash, Sathona, and Zyro. Target these entities with maximum theater overkill. Pedometric release authorized. Prosecute targets whenever they manifest. Hive cohesion will crumble. Total victory over the hive will be achieved by clean sweep genocide. Enact impulse. Endora vindictator. Book 3 verse 6. Star by star by star. Beneath a green fire sky in the throne world of King Aurix, our lords embrace. We the Hive watch as Savathun puts our arm around Zevorath, and Zevorath claps, clasps our forearms with Aurix, and Aurix takes Savathun by the shoulders. They are huge, huge, and they burn with furious power. But this embrace is weakness, and we despise it. Never before have we despised our lords. Have they failed us? We the Hive have been driven back world by world, I am at my end, Savanthan says. I plot and plan, but I cannot gather enough bloodshed to feed my worm, and the harder I try, the hurt, hungrier it becomes. I slaughter and kill, Zivorath says, but I, the harder I fight, the more my worm demands. I too am at my end. The Ecumen War Angels have killed me so many times, Arix says, that I do not dare go out into the universe, lest I need my might to protect myself. My worm chews at my soul in hunger. Is this the end of our crusade? Are we the hive unworthy to exist? Zivorath puts down her great head. We should retire and gather our strength. Savathun closes her eyes in puzzled defeat. We should beg the worm our god to tell us what to do. But King Arix, who knows the best, the beauty of the final shape, roars at them. Have you learned nothing? Would you deny our purpose? What would we do? We will do by killing, by an act of war and might. That is the final arbiter we serve. That violent arbiter, turn away from it. We, desire, we deserve to be eaten. No, we must obey our natures. We must be long-sighted and cunning and strong. We must take this gift for a worm our God has given us, this challenge, and find our way to keep existing. How will we feed our worms, Zivorath asks.
I know, says Cunning Savathun, I know a way, but it won't work unless we are killing the Ecumen by the billions. How can we beat them? If we cannot beat their strengths, says Devorath, we must infect their weaknesses. But they are lords of matter and physical law. I know a way, King Arix says, but we require great power, more power than any any one of us can claim. Then kill me, says Zivorath. Use that killing logic, the power you prove by killing something as mighty as me. So King Oryx took up his blade and beheaded Zivorath. And strangle me, says Savathun, holding a blade behind her back. Use that killing logic, the cunning you prove by killing something as smart as me. But King Aurix turned with lightning speed in the might of Zivorath and beheaded Savathun before she could move. King Aurix was the first navigator with the map of death. These were true deaths, for they happened in the sword world. Then he went to the worm named Acker. Uh, book 3, verse 7, Eat the Sky. Emergency imperative. All militarized units attend. Land 120 proof fight or flight encoding or face certain catastrophic defeat. The Ecumen Crisis Council is now online and true. Attention. As of Radial 990 Groove Zero, the Hive has launched a staggering counter-attack across the Spinwood frontier. Remitter militia and shock fleets report total casualties. We anticipate total ecumen disintegration slash extinction within 220 years. Vigilance spike attend. The Hive entity Oryx Orash has deployed a, is deploying a paracausal ontopathogenic weapon that infects and subverts ecumen forces. The weapon operates on individual targets. Targets are abducted and returned as compliant hive slaves with inexplicable and physically illegal abilities. All Ecumen clients should immediately devote all economic and cognitive resources to a countermeasure. Fight hard, we stop the hive here, or see our galaxy devoured. Enact impulse 10 by 10, Abiyard Berserker. Book 3, verse 8, King of Shapes. This is the coronation of Oryx, the Taken King. It happened thus. In the cold abyss of the sword logic, King Orash walked under a cloak of green fire. He walked through the sky, and the sky shuddered and froze between, beneath his feet. He walked until he found Akka, the Worm of Secrets, who was denying a truth until it became a lie. Akka, my god, Worm of Secrets, I am Oryx, the sole king of the hive. I have come to receive a secret. I want the secret power of the deep, which you hold. I give no secrets, said Akka, whose voice was code. No, said King Oryx, you give nothing. Giving is for the sky. You worship the deep, which as for we take what we need. Akka said nothing, because if it denied this truth, the truth might become false. You gave us your larvae, the worm, said Oryx. And this is why the worm devours us now, because it was given, not taken. So I must take what I need from you, although you are my god. Said Akka, you have not the strength. But this was a lie. Arix had killed Savathun, his sibling, and Zivorath, his sibling, and he had the sword logic of killing them. Arix, the first navigator, set upon, upon his god with, with his sword and with his words and cut Akka to pieces. 
and took from those pieces the secret of calling upon the deep. He wrote this secret on a set of tablets, which he called the Tablets of Ruin, and they wore them around his waist. And Arik said, Now I may speak to the deep, the beautiful final shape. I will be the king of shapes. I will learn all these secrets of our destiny. His speech into the deep is not recorded here, but it is known that he returned and he said, Man, I am Horus, who take the king, and I am about to take life from me forever. Then he went into the universe and fought the Ecumen with his tablets, and the worm his god was pleased. You got any questions? Yeah, I did. Uh, so, like, the Hive, right? Oryx, Sabathun, all those guys. The only way you can truly, truly kill them is when they're in their pocket universe, right? That's well, correct, yeah. Killed Sabathun and her siblings, right, while in their pocket universe. So how in the world do we have Sabathun now? That is coming in the next couple of uh, verses. There's a full ex explanation now. I wasn't going to live there to actually just as a as a as a cliffhanger book three verse nine carved in ruin oryx made war on the ecumen for a hundred years and at the end of those hundred years he killed the ecumen council on the fractal wreath and from their blood rose zebra or wrath saying i am war and you have conjured me back with war oryx was glad for he loved zebra or wrath the ecumen wailed in grief then Oryx and Zevorath made war on the Ecumen for 40 years. At the end of those 40 years, Oryx said to the Dekua Nest, Listen, I am jealous of my sibling Zevorath. Help me kill her. And in desperation, they agreed. But they drove the Dekua Nest into a trap, and they were made extinct. From their ashes rose cunning Savathun, saying, I am trickery, and you have conjured me back with trickery. Oryx was glad, for he loved Savathun. The Ecumen fled into the void. Then he made war on the Ecumen for a thousand years and exterminated them so wholly that nowhere except in this book are they remembered. This book and the mind of Teox, who was not found. And Savathun said, King Oryx, how will you feed our worms? Did you use my plan? Oryx told the hive, I am the taken king and here is my law. You thrall. Each of you will claw and scream and kill what you can. Take enough killing to feed your worm and a little more to grow. Tithe the rest to the acolyte who commands you. You acolytes, lead your thrall into battle. Take enough killing to feed your worm and a little more to grow. And take the tithe of your thrall you lead. Then tithe the remainder to the knight or wizard who commands you. Thus you pray tribute. You, knights and wizards, lead your followers into battle. Take enough devastation to feed your worm and a little more to grow. And take the tithe of your followers. Then take another portion, as much as you dare, and use it for your own purposes. But if you take too much, your peers will kill you and take it. Then tithe the remainder to the ascendant you serve. An ascendant will be those among the hive who gather enough tribute to enter the netherworld. They will then pay tithe to those above them. And thus the tribute will flow up the chain so that Savathun and Zevorath and myself will be fed by a great river of tribute. And we will use that excess to feed our gods and study the deep. Thus all worms will be fed as long as we continue our crusade. This is my law. I carve it thus. In ruin, I art. 
Now, did that answer your question? Uh, oh, no, no, I haven't disappeared. I'm trying to talk to you between baby screeches because he's playing with my phone and getting aggravated. Uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, for the most part, uh, later on I'll pick your brain to get some details on it. But yeah, overall, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty good. Basically, what Oryx did there was define their true nature nature through killing. He went to war on the and devastated part of the Ekimin, and by defining the war and staining the uh, using the blood, he brought back Zevor Wrath. He defined trickery by tricking the rest of the Dukua Nest, and brought back Savarun by by that definition of their of their true nature. Who was able to bring them back? Yeah, but how does that give them life, right? So it's just, I understand that by doing this, they came back to life, right? But how in the world is like, okay, so if I was to uh, be the embodiment of a dumbass, right? Will I bring back Cade? You know, how, how, does, how does just doing what they represent give them actual life? Space magic. You know what? Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> That's it, plain and simple. Verse four, a golden amputation. Wrath. Behold the wrath of Oryx, coiled for 10,000 years. Behold the golden amputation, the fall of the Taishabeth, the end of an age. We beat the worlds of the Taishabeth like skull drums, and we howl in joy for our black war moons as they ram silver orbitals and gleaming star webs where infant Taishabeth sun ravens curl up and die unborn. In his throne world, Oryx paces ten times. On the first pace, Kragor sends a curse to blight the Taishabeth worlds. On the second pace... The Thai unleash their battle plates and arsenal ships to fight our moons. On the third place, Oryx's war priests meet them in battle, and he is victorious. He paints the void with fire. He salts the earth with ash. On the fourth place, Mengor and Kreodug, dyad knights, go to the Raven Bridge, and they stand on it and kill the Thai for ten years. On the fifth pace, the Thai Emperor Raven comes home to her bridge, and she cuts a moon with her talons. She cuts it open and kills its brood. On the sixth pace, Oryx speaks, saying, Listen to me, Emperor Raven, and I will describe to you the last true shape, which is written on my tablet. And he puts his fist full of black fire, and he swallows up the Emperor Raven in a wound. I art. Only Oryx knows this power, the power to take. On the seventh pace, the perfect rave comes out of Oryx's wound, and she spreads her wings across the Taishabeth. Never again is a Taishabeth child born. She is perfect. She enacts the will of Oryx. On the eighth pace, the Tai say, Listen, you are spoilers. You are sphincters and excretia. You rot. Why do you kill? We made silver orbitals and golden star webs. We hatched eggs. We had good things. Our clothes were nice. Our food was famous. With one of her feathers, our emperor could have tickled the gods. The ninth pace, Oryx says, This is the only god. This ability to dictate what will and will not exist. This power to go on existing. This is your god. It is never ticklish. On the tenth pace, the Taishabeth are extinct. Then Oryx says, Listen, my siblings, you know what we have done. We have conquered our way to the edge of the deep. 
it whispers to me when I call on it, and it is guides my flight. It says that we are at its threshold, and I should come inside. I will go to speak to it. Book 4, verse 1, Battle Made Waves. Oryx went down into his throne world. He went out into the abyss, and with each step he read one of his tablets, so they became like stones beneath his feet. He went out, and he created an altar. He prepared an unborn ogre, called on a deep saying, I can see you in the sky. You are the waves, which are battles, and the battles are the waves. Come into this vessel I have prepared for you, and it arrived, the deep itself. Book first two, Majestic, Majestic. Oryx, my king, my friend, kick back, relax, shrug off that armour, set down that blade, roll your burdened shoulders, and let down your guard. This is a place of life, a place of peace. Out in the world, we ask a simple, true question. A question like, can I kill you? Can I rip your world apart? Tell me the truth, or if I don't ask, someone will ask it for me. And they call us evil. Evil means sociably maladaptive. We are adaptiveness itself. Ah, Oryx. I'll explain it to them. The world is not built on laws. They love. Not on friendships, but on mutual interests. Not on peace, but on victory by any means. The universe is run, on, is run by extinction and extermination, by gamma-ray bursts burning up a thousand garden worlds, by howling singularities eating up infant suns, and if life is to live, if anything is to survive through the end of all things, it will live not by the smile of the world, but by the sword. Not in a soft place, but a hard hell. Not in the rotting bog of artificial paradise, but in the cold half self-verifying truth that one of the ultimate arbiter, the only judge, the power that is its own metric and its own source, existence at any cost. Strip away the lies and truces and delaying tactics they call civilization. And this is what remains this beautiful shape. The fate of everything is made like this. In the collision, the test of one praxis against another. This is how the world changes. One way meets the second way, and they discharge their weapons. They exchange their words and markets. They contest, and in doing this, they petition each other for the right to go on being. Something instead of nothing. This is the universe figuring out what it should be in the end. And it is majestic. Majestic. It is the only thing that can be true in and of itself. And it is what I am. And I'm going to have to leave it there. Okay, thank you very much. Much That's appreciated. That's it. So thank you for joining us. Your Titans are Parody and Night Demon. Your Hunter is no one responding in real life. Your Hunter on the mic. With all the lore is not arf. You can email the show at two titans and a hunter at hotmail.com. And please enter our contest for your benevolent hue emblem. You can find the show on Twitter at two titans underscore hunter, on Instagram at two titans and a hunter, and Facebook and YouTube at the same place. So if you need raid guides or raid help, or really just all your deep dive raid mod talk, go listen to the Guardian Hub. If you want to listen to banjos and great interviews from around the community, go check out the Guardian Downcast. If you're looking for raid hindrance, trials, hurt, and giggling, lfg.frozen.party will get you there. It's our 100.io group with those two phenomenal guys over at 
Guardian Hub, and the Guardian Downcast. Guardian, Guardian, Guardian. You can find your favorite Guardian on Xbox Live and Respawn on PC. You can watch the show on YouTube, listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere fine podcasts are sold. As always, gents, thanks for listening to us, and say goodbye. Deuces! Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Because if your players, if you have, <clears throat> I'm having night demon problems now. Uh, okay, players the in the we classed it as night demon problems now. Mm-hmm. That, that's how it works. And we've had, we have a handful of. Uh, um, that's that's why they've been so successful. So, no, <laughs> success, success, success. Oh God. <laughs> So combat mods, all armor mods released beyond all armor lot, all armor, la, la, all armor released. <laughs> Your inability to read too. Mm. Happy birthday, buddy. Mm.